Hey, what's up, world? It's Ernie C. The Gap Tooth Genius. Just wanted to welcome you back to the 57th episode of the... Shoot that shit. Don't worry. Shit the shit. You get the shit. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ernie C. The Gap Tooth Genius. And we are back... Missed you guys, man. This is episode 57 of the STS Podcast. Cannot believe we're knocking these podcasts out, man. It's a real special treat to be with you guys today. Make sure, if you guys have not followed us yet, to follow us on the STS Podcast 661 on Instagram and Twitter. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you can find your podcast at. I promise you the STS Podcast is there. Please subscribe to us. Leave me a review. Whatever you feel is necessary just to get the word out. Again, we're nothing without you guys. And returning listeners, welcome back to the show. Like I said, we're nothing without y'all. And new listeners... I know a lot of you tuned in today for this podcast. Great podcast we got going on. Welcome to the show. Make sure, like I said, subscribe. If you ain't subscribing, you're missing out. Episode 56 was really a prophecy. We were talking about the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers in the finals. We are talking about the social dilemma. Talking about this presidential debate. And we're here now. It's October 18th, about 9 p.m. And today we're going to talk about our world champions in the bubble. 17-time NBA champions, Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to definitely talk about a little bit of fantasy football. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott. What a moment. It was a moment that I'll forever remember just because how emotional it was. Um, another moment I'm going to remember is Alex Smith walking back on that field. We're going to talk about Jimmy Butler being elite. A lot of people don't believe the man's elite. And we're definitely going to break that down a little bit. And we're going to talk about this. And um, definitely think the man deserves that elite status within the NBA. And I think what everybody's here to, to discuss today... If they love it or they don't love it, it doesn't really matter, but they're listening. We're going to talk about my top 10 hip-hop albums, the ones that mean the most to me. Not the best ever. We're talking about the hip-hop albums that mean the most to me. And one guy I wish was on the list but definitely isn't is going to tell you what you need to do next. Let the DOC rock. Now do me a favor. Let me an ear. Alright, this is a Lend Me Ear segment. We're here to shoot the shit. We're not here to talk about any specific topic or objective in mind. I'm not here to change your mind about anything. I'm not trying to change your beliefs. I'm not trying to persuade you to think the way I think. I'm just here to, to speak my opinion. Talk about things that really matter to me. Um, I just want to start off with this podcast. Um, this week, man, we're going to have a lot of things going around in my family. I won't get into definite, I'm not going to get into really specifics about what's going on with my grandpa, my tata, but I want y'all to say a prayer for him this week, um, going into surgery, and um, he'll be down for the count for a while, but he's going to bounce back, that's what we do, that's what us Ernie's do, he's EC1, um, just uh, definitely, just keep him in prayer, man, just uh, give him the strength to bounce back, and um, hope everything goes well, and, you know, Prayers for the doctors who are going to be um, working on them. Um, 
prayers for my nana. I know she's really she, they've been together for over fifty years now, y'all. So um, she really loves my tata, and she stresses about him, and she worries about him, just like we all we all are, and just like you would if you're with your spouse for that long. So just definitely keep him keep EC one in your thoughts. Um, something that I know this is the time that uh you know family steps up and family takes care of of their own. We we love our grandparents, and we uh, speak on behalf of my family. We um, definitely want Tata to be okay. We know he's gonna be okay, and um, just keep us in our thoughts. Just uh, keep us in our keep us in your thoughts this week. I don't do restarts here, so excuse me. I'm just trying to think of the words to say how um, you know this is from the heart out, and um, I've always told my I remember telling my nana when I was a kid that uh I would always take care of her when she gets old. And um as weird as this may sound, I don't know how this sounds to the to you, the world, but um I've been waiting for this moment all my life. I've been waiting for the moment where I could repay my uh, my grandparents for everything they ever done for me. And um it's my time to, you know, be the man. And um, help take care of my grandpa. And um, I'm ready for that. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Cause, and the reason I say that, y'all, is because it's inevitable. Our grandparents get old. Our parents get old. Um, some things are just inevitable in life. There's nothing we could do to change it. Um, and I knew one day that I would have to step up. I would have to be that person to um, help out my nana when... Or my tata, when my grandparents get sick, they have you know, procedures, age takes their toll on them. It's just the reality of the world that we live in as human beings. There's a beginning, there's an end, there's a middle. I knew someone in the middle here. I was going to have to step up and be the man that I know I am and repay my grandparents. And, you know, maybe not financially, but in situations like this where they don't have to be worried, where they don't have to be stressed because they know that they have help. And not just me, everybody in our small family. Um, so I, that's how I want to start the podcast out, man. Just give us give us some strength, prayers to my grandpa, my Tata Ernie. He'll be fine, but extra get well prayers, well wishes. They never hurt. So shout out to Tata. Um and I'll give you guys an update as soon as I get one next week when we drop another podcast. Um, before we drop this podcast, we'll, the stuff we're going to talk about today, which is really nice and it's going to be real fun, let's get to the business. If you guys need a DJ, if you guys need anybody to um, promote your local business, there's two things. Book me as a DJ and make sure y'all promote um, the podcast, help promote the podcast, y'all. The more sponsors we have on the podcast, that's going to be what's winning for everybody, y'all. And this week's sponsor of the STS podcast is OG Bully, Boneyard Bullies. And man, I cannot thank them enough for sponsoring the podcast. Um, they have several different breeds of bulldogs, English, French, American bullies, exotic uh, Pomeranians. They have puppies and studs available now. One of their English bulldogs is the top bulldog in the world, and he and they produce the best ever rare colored English bulldog in the world named Ace in the Hole. He went on to be the first and only rare colored English pit bull. I'm sorry, English bulldog. 
to ever become AKC and international champion to date. They definitely have next day shipping and worldwide shipping available to everybody who is interested. And I cannot thank them enough for sponsoring the podcast. If you guys want to, you know, inquire about their breeds, make sure you follow them at Boneyard underscore. That's at Instagram. On Instagram, it's Boneyard underscore. And, man, they've had several top clients. Iggy Iggy Azalea, Randy Jackson, Joe Jonas of the Jonas Brothers, Cat Williams. Everybody needs to get their hands on a Boneyard puppy. And, again, Instagram, Boneyard underscore. Beautiful puppies, man. Beautiful dogs, y'all. These things are top of the line. These dogs are top of the line. I'm honored they even provided me the privilege of promoting their podcast. I'm sorry. Promoting their business on my podcast. So again, make sure you contact Boneyard Bullies, creator of legends. And they are your sponsor for this episode of the STS Podcast, which is episode 57, man. And you know what? I'm going to just talk my shit now. The Lakers are the 2019-2020. Man, I can't believe I'm saying this. NBA champions. If you guys know me, (coughs) which I know most of y'all do, I love my Lakers, man. I was, we were all there. Throughout these last Kobe years, you know, Kobe being injured, Kobe torn his Achilles, Kobe tearing something in the shoulder, Kobe uh, messing up his knee. You know, we had Robert Sacre, fuck Robert Sacre, um, Carlos Boozer, Wesley Johnson, Jeremy Lin, Kobe Carl. Man, we had so many people. Man, man, we're finally here. We defeated the Miami Heat and what I predicted would be six games, 106 to 93. And I know it was about a week ago. I know it's probably old news to y'all, but we haven't got it on the podcast, man. And LeBron James showed out, had a triple-double, 28-10-14. Real special, man, playing 41 minutes and damn near 36 years old. You cannot say the man is not one of the greatest of all time. Um, such a great showing. I know Danny Green got a lot of heat for his game five, um, missed shot. And people, man, so many people were talking down him, I guess threatening his family. To be in that position, not many people can hit a shot like that. Not many people want the ball in that situation. Danny Green is a player that I want on my team. They want to make those shots that are going to make or break the game. They're going to make, they want to hit those game winning shots. This is what they train for. Um, and he bounced back. I was really happy he bounced back. He had a good game. Um, can't really remember the exact details. It's been a while, but or it's been only a week. But Rondo came in. I'm looking at a stat sheet. Rondo came in, scored 19 points off the bench, had 30 minutes, and he made those 30 minutes count. And Anthony Davis, can't forget about the brow. Such a phenomenal playoff Um series playoff season I guess that's you call that he had a magnificent playoff show out show out every series played tough against Portland played tough against Houston played tough against Denver and he played tough against Miami he they were able to shut down so much of what made Miami great they were finally able to find uh, figure out a way through that um, that two three zone that one 
that one three one zone, which is not easy. I know there's so many people who think they could defeat that zone, but man, um, we finally were able to figure them out, and they never really um. They weren't able to outshoot us. They weren't able to outscore us. And that's important, especially when we're so defensively sound and we're playing good defense. We're causing turnovers. We're getting points off that turnover. We're having good transi- transition offense. Um, it's a, it's, it's, it was a great feeling, man. It was a great um, – and honestly, if there was a, um, a sleeper for MVP, and I know he will never get it, but KCP, Caldwell Pope, played well. He made some big shots. He made momentum-changing shots, and that's just as important as making the big shots. When you make those momentum-shifting points, that, that changes the whole flow of the game. And I'm just really happy we got this done. It's been so long since I could say that we're NBA champions of the world, man. The Los Angeles Lakers 17th time. Um, I can tell you, one of the players, and I know I'm probably a little bit too tough on him too, um, I expected more, though. You see the stat line. He played 22 minutes. He only gave me two points. And that's Kyle Kuzma. Game five, you really were able to see what um, he's a li- he's a liability on defense at times. Um, I don't ever want to say no one's giving 100%, especially at that type of um, that level of ball player. But Kuzma just... Um, you could tell this is, you know, this is new to him. This is his first time at the dance, I believe. This is maybe the second time. I believe this is actually his first time at the dance. And he didn't play well. He was, like I said, he was a liability on off, on defense. He was a liability on offense by shot selection. You know, unnecessary turnovers. Really disappointed in Kuzma. I really expected him to be the third option. Um, and I'm fine with, um, you know, Rondo taking doing his thing, Danny Green doing the thing, Pope, you know, adding 17 points. But I wanted Kuzma to be the one in double digits. I wanted Kuzma to be the one who elevates his game. And um, it didn't happen, in my opinion. Again, my opinion, don't know. I'm not a pro. I'm not an expert. Just love my Lakers. And I'm just, I can just tell you what what I've seen. And uh, it was, you know, just disappointing in that. But, you know, it was one, this season was so unpredictable. No one, if you would have told me last September, last August, that Kobe wasn't going to be here, David Stern wasn't going to be here, and we're going to have a break in the middle of the season, and we're going to be, we're going to have all these players in a bubble in Orlando at Walt Disney World. I would have said, what the fuck's wrong with you? But this season was so unpredictable. It was so um, unreal. Who would have thought? No one knew this was going to happen this season. Difficult time, you know, there's no home court advantage. I think the bubble championship was really tough to win. I think to be, um, to have that longevity, to put yourself in this bubble, you can't go anywhere. You're not with your friends, you're not with your family. No fans in the arena. It's a whole different game, y'all. So, definitely one for the ages, one I'll never forget. LeBron, you know, fulfilled his promise to the Los Angeles Lakers and bringing a title and an NBA Finals MVP back to the Los Angeles Lakers. Feels so good, man. Clap it up. Clap it up. I hope Anthony Davis resigns with us. I think he will. I'm almost 100% sure he will. I know Rondo opted out. Um, But Rondo needs to get that check. God bless him for being able to up his value and get that last check, especially a veteran who has so much experience, so many years on his career, he's able to possibly get that last big payday. Good for him. I'm not going to speculate speculate yet who the Lakers may bring in. 
hear a lot of names, but you know, hearing names and what we're able to do with our salary cap, what we're able to do after AD resigns, that's still up in the air. But if we can't, if you know what, if I'm that mad, if we get CP3 and Carmelo, but you know, with Carmelo, when you know, when the beginning of the season with Portland, he looked all right. Playoffs, he looked all right, and he's willing to come off the bench. I'm willing to take him. We need that spark off the bench. We'd love to see Kuzma step up. We'd love to see Dwight Howard get another shot. Um, I like Markeith Morris, but we need a- a- Avery Bradley. Man, um, a lot of guys benefited from his absence during this playoff series, in my opinion. So, really looking forward to the Lakers next year. We may be better than this year. Shout out to Dwight Howard. Stepped up, played his role. A lot of defense, covers a lot of space. Altered a lot of shots, altered a lot of passing lanes. Clogged a lot of passing lanes. Clogged a lot of driving lanes. That's what you look for in a big man. Especially in this game where the big man's not really appreciated as they were 10, 15 years ago. Definitely played his role. You cannot ask for anything more in a championship team. Now that we got that out the way, let's talk about the Miami Heat. Definitely were not. They were not healthy. They weren't 100%. Um, Bam Abadalo. Didn't play the way I thought he was going to play. You know, he moved off that screen and roll a lot. He, he was able to um, open up the, the floor a lot with um, his play. You know, against, um, I can't even think of the Miami Heat played before that. I'm horrible. I think it was the Boston Celtics. Was it the Boston Celtics? They were able to get away with a lot because I don't think the Celtics have the size that the Lakers do. Um, Duncan Robinson almost broke our hearts a few times. The man could... Sh- he he's a he has he has he has a shot. He makes those big time shots. Again, you want players like that. Tyler Hero, one of the best rookies in the game right now, played well. Kendrick Nunn played well. Gorgon Dragic, you gotta give the man credit. Um, he played through an injury. Um, I believe it was I can't even fucking pronounce this. The it's under your leg. It's by your foot. Plant. I'm not going to, I want to butcher, I'm not an expert. But tearing that, you can't push off your leg, you can't push off your big toe. And he bounced back through that. Once it's torn, you can't get any worse. The man played. you got to respect players who leave it all on the floor. And one per- player who left it all on the floor this series, um, in the whole entire playoffs, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, I hope you guys understand that this man, you know, he's been through a lot of shit with his teams. He's been through a lot of um, adversity, a lot of doubts. He's been through um, the scrutiny that he's not a leader, that he's not a team player, that he's always gonna—he's not worth what the money he's getting paid. He's not a max player. Oh man! But let me tell you guys something. The man. Played his ass off in these playoffs. Jimmy Butler is elite. What he does defensively, what he does offensively, he's a dog. You know, if you look at what he's... He's not that three-point shooter. But that mid-range game is separating him from the others. He utilizes that. You know, Jimmy Butler could have played in the early 2000s. He's one of the players that could have played almost in any era. He's a tough guy. Um, I believe game five, he played almost fucking 48 minutes, 45 minutes. He was exhausted at the end of that game. His legs were gone. The entire playoffs, he played his heart out. He was a difference maker. Um, this He led his team 
you know, as as short-handed as they were, they were two wins away from the NBA championship. This road, like I said in the beginning of this little segment, segue, this road wasn't easy. To get to these NBA finals was fucking hard. And Jimmy Butler led the way. He had some great, you know, supporting pieces. Supporting cast is always important. You can't, there's no I in team. Um, but man, the man played over 800 minutes. Uh, he had 21 games. He played over 800 minutes. He's averaging 6'6". Six, six and let's see here. And 23. The man's, oh God. Jimmy Butler belongs in that category with... Uh, Giannis, Steph, LeBron, AD, Durant, Harden. I'm missing a few players who I think are elite. My guy from Dallas, Leonard. These guys are elite players. Kyrie. Jimmy Butler belongs in this conversation. I don't think there's any way, there's no way around it. He's no longer a supporting cast, someone you could build your team around. Um, hopefully, he's able to, um, hopefully he's going to be able to um, find a home in Miami. I know he's, he's 31 years old, and uh, man, this guy, he plays like a fucking dog, dude, and you want that. He's not scared, he, he's not scared of the big moment. He's going to leave it on the floor. Team first player. Going to get on your ass if you're, you know, if you feel he feels it's necessary. He's going to be a leader and get on your ass. Um, you can love him for it, but you're going to thank him later because he's going to try to bring out the best in you. And honestly, that's what you want in your superstar. You want your superstar to lead your team to victory. You want your superstar to facilitate the game to make it easier for everyone. And when he's not on offensively, he's on defensively. Why wouldn't he be an elite player? So that that's honestly what I'm thinking. Um, he's gonna be. He's definitely in that criteria now. There's tiers. There's levels to this thing, right? Jimmy Butler is definitely on that tier of elite players. And some elite players in the last few weeks, man. It's um, they're dropping like flies. Rest in peace. We had Joe Morgan from the legendary uh, Big Red Machine with the Cincinnati Reds, legendary commentator. Play, man, I've listened to so many games when I was younger. I, I can't lie to y'all. I know the Dodgers won today. They're in the World Series. But after the Yankees won in 09, my, my baseball fandom just went to the fucking ground, man. But I do remember hearing Joe Morgan play, you know, call these games. And, you know, his expertise and his love for the game, his passion always um, resonated with those who listened, who really cared about the game. So rest in peace, Joe Morgan, legendary second baseman. Rest in peace, Bob Gibson. Bob, man, if you, back with the St. Louis Cardinals, you got to definitely give Bob Gibson, um, not saying he doesn't get his credit, but as a black pitcher, Definitely one of the greatest pitchers in the world, Mr. Righty. He, I believe he had over 250 wins, um, nine-time All-Star, two-time World Series uh, MVP, two-time Cy Young winner. He won the MVP, um, and he's in the Hall of Fame. 
Bob Gibson is one of the greatest pitchers, regardless of color, in MLB history. Probably the greatest pitcher in St. Louis Cardinals history. And, um, and then we spent his whole career with them. I think he was just see 59. He was 23 years old. Started his career when he was 23. Ended in 75 at the age of 39. Bob Gibson was is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. So, you know, and you know, these guys, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, things are inevitable, but you hate to see it, man. You hate to see it. It's so sad to see these legendary uh, players, you know, they belong to the ages now. Whitey Ford, Mr. Lefty for the Yankees, you know, um, I never got to see him play in my time, but you respect the legends. Um, he was always in that Yankee history, so he has a... He has a page in Yankee history. I'm a, as a lifetime, uh, lifelong Yankee fan. Um, you feel some, you know, you feel some, some sadness there, some sorrow in your heart. So rest in peace, Joe Morgan, Bob Gibson, Roddy Ford. It's been a hell of a year. 2020. You know, Eddie Van Halen died. You know, everybody that classic rock era was different. Uh, we won't get into all that, but just seeing everybody's past in 2020, it's been re- it's been a crazy year, man. Who would have ever thought? That this year was going to go down the way it's been going down, um, it's a it's so unexpected. It's it's surprising, it's shocking, it's sad. It's it's one. It might be once in a lifetime. Who knows what the next couple years are going to bring? Um, but it's just so sad to see all these great players, all these great people just pass away, and man, just it's just so crazy. Uh, speaking of crazy, last week. Uh, Dak Prescott. I don't know. I'm sure you guys seen the horrific ankle injury. Don't wish. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I'll never wish an injury, especially that uh, severe, on any player, man. And just to see the love he got from the Giants players and his own his teammates, and you know, raising his fist in the air as he's getting carted away. What a moment! And um, it was sad, man, just to see. The tears in his eyes, the passion that he has for this game of football gets taken away from him in one second. Split second, it's gone. One play, it's gone. And, uh, man, having a fucking excellent year. I believe he had about 500 yards the first four or five games. Um, he was averaging close to that. Maybe 450, he was fucking throwing. He was slinging that ball. And you just hate to see it, man, especially with someone who's in the position he's in. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. He bet on himself. He held out. Didn't sign the extension with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, almost unheard of now in this day and age. You know, you, you never know when you're gonna when you're gonna go down like this. And hopefully, it's something that he can he can bounce back from, and he can return to this. You know, the Dak that we've seen these four these first four or five games of the season. Uh, another player that we never expected to be back on the field. If you guys seen Alex Smith's leg injury, his legs, the story of his um, 17, 18 surgeries that he's had, this infection um, in his leg that he broke. Man, you have, how the fuck's this man even walking? And last Sunday, he made his return to the field. It was for the Washington Redskins. I believe they pulled, let me see, who's the second quarterback there? I can't even fucking tell you who's the second quarterback. With the Washington Redskins. It's not Haskins. Haskins was gone. Can't even tell you who they pulled him for, man. But Alex Smith returned to the field. And that's another moment. I got a little, I got a gulp in my throat. Because you've seen how much pain and patience this man had. 
to get back onto the field. You know that he loves the game. I love Alex Smith. He's been drafted with the 49ers. I believe he was the first the first pick of the draft. Um, and just his story, if you the fucking pictures of his leg, you, that thing was barely attached. It looked like it was deteriorating. And to be able to work that hard for something that you love, that shit's so commendable. That shit's so respect, respectable. That shit's inspiring and motiv- it's motivating. And um, seeing his family there to be able to witness that moment. Don't even think they got the win, man. But that was probably one of the best things I've seen all year. Alex Smith's comeback. So I'm definitely hoping he's able to play more games. Um, another, you know, I think another thing that's blowing up right now in the world. Um, you see this dog face character, this man from Idaho. He used his platform, you know, he put Fleetwood Mac back on the map. Uh, I'm sure you guys all seen dog face. He's skateboarding with his cranberry, his cran raspberry juice, ocean spray, hooked him up with a new truck and a shitload of his uh, favorite drink. Uh, I guess the story was, you know, he's cruising down the road singing with this TikTok. And the reason why he was cruising on his board, his skateboard, because his truck broke down on his way to work. And he said, well, fuck, I can't just not go to work. I'll just leave it here. And I got my board in the back. I'll just skate to work. And he made this video that went viral. And you just hear the story, man. You see the amount of donations that he's getting. And you see um. Just how amazing that story is. It's really one of the most feel-good stories, if there was any, in 2020. I always support Rasa. I love the Latino culture. And just to see that and his family. You know, this guy's in the trailer home with his with his kids. And he's getting donations. He's getting merchandise. He's getting recognized by Cheech and Chong. You know, he's representing for the Bud Smokers in the building. It's an amazing story, and it makes and it, it it really does make me smile. I remember when I seen that video, I laughed so hard because it was like it's gonna be okay. It's we're gonna eventually be able to laugh again. To be able to laugh is so important right now, y'all. And especially during this is one of the darkest times we're gonna face as not just a country, but in the world, we're facing some dark times right now. So to be able to smile and laugh and just have that second of, fuck, I forgot what the real, the real world is, excellent. And I'll take it any way I can. It just happened to be dog face. And I really, really, um, I admire that, man. This, I admire your story. You know, you got to keep grinding no matter what obstacles life throws at you. And um, I want to give a big shout out to the, to the Bainham family. Um. Jarena and Daryl Branham, sorry Branham, that's the way the Branham. I forgot. So sorry, guys. I hope you guys are not listening to this excellent wedding that we had um, two days ago. Actually, yesterday. Today's yesterday was Sunday, so we're gonna be. Um, you know, we're still booking all the events we can. We're opening up a little bit now in Kern County. So again, shout out to the Brainums. I appreciate you guys having me. We're gonna go now with this week. We have the Baldwin wedding. Shout out to Jane. Uh, we're gonna rock that one on on um, Saturday, and then next week after that, that's Halloween. So you guys keep booking me, please, man. I, you know this is how I eat. This is what I love to do. This is my passion. And every time I'm out there, I'm giving y'all my hundred percent. And um, it's been real fun. I'm really honored to have the opportunity to. Um, 
be the music entertainment for any couple, any event. Really means so much. You guys are um, keeping my business afloat, keeping it consistent. That's all you can ask for, y'all. So I appreciate everybody booking me. And, man, you know what? Yeah, I don't probably don't give a fuck about fantasy football, but I want to tell you, I'm in first place in three of my leagues, and it looks like the winning streaks are going to keep growing. We're going to leave it at that. I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys weren't expecting the fantasy football talk. I want to talk, but I think it's a little too late now. I didn't keep y'all up to date with my players. I didn't keep y'all even informed of what I got going on. But I got seven teams, and three of them are in first place. So let's keep praying to the fantasy football gods that I keep winning. Because, you know, what? I'm just trying to get in the dance. Anything can happen once you make the fantasy football playoffs. And the moment has come for my top ten best hip-hop albums. Personally. And I say personally because we got to break this down. Um, we'd be talking about a whole different list if it was top ten hip-hop albums of all time. And I had to give my opinion as a hip-hop um, historian. I believe I am a historian because I followed this game since I was 10 years old. Um, read every fucking hip-hop book you could find. I you know the history of the game, the culture. The culture embodies me and everything, almost my clothing, the way, my, the way I talk, my attitude, uh, everything. I love hip-hop. Without hip-hop, I wouldn't be where I'm at now in life, especially with DJing. Hip-hop has heavily influenced my life. Uh, so th- th- what I mean is personal top 10 list. This is what I love. This is what touched my heart. This is the music that's been there for me as a man, as a kid, uh, as a young man growing up. A lot of these albums kind of put me through, um, through two schools. They put me through school. I learned a lot from these albums. And I got, had a whole list and I had to break it down. Which 10 albums meant the most to me? And I want to give y'all honorable mention. There's a couple albums that almost made the cut, and um, I'm gonna give y'all. I'm gonna give you guys that list first. It's gonna be the Carter, the Carter, and the Carter Three. I love the Carter just because I think Little Wayne was still. He had that, you know. He's he's the youngster from the heart. He's from the, he's the youngster from the Hot Boys. Uh, back that ass up, Little Wayne. Bling bling, you know that. I guess how I could say that saying that um that quote what that's what he was known for, but Manny Fresh killed the beats off this album. I remember listening to Go DJ for the first time. This is the Carter. I miss my dogs. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, the Heat, Walk Out, Earthquake with Man. Manny Fresh's production on here is damn near flawless. Cash Money Millionaires, on my own, we don't. Um, one of my favorite albums ever, lyrically, Little Way was on a different level. This was his showing, this was his come out party, in my opinion. The first Carter is probably going to always be my favorite Carter. Um, Honestly, that's when I started taking before the mixtape Wayne. This is when I started taking Wayne seriously as a lyricist. Um, let me see. When this album dropped? To, yeah, 13, 14 years old. I was at Sierra, and we were bumping this fucking Carter. I thought, you know, I wasn't with the Hot Boys. I knew who they were. I knew who Turk was. I knew who Juvenile was. I knew who BG was. And little Wayne was like, oh, let me check this out. And the, again, Manny, Manny Fresh killed this beats, man. Killed, the, killed everything on that album. And that was one of my favorite albums ever. Um, definitely does not make the top 10 list, sadly, but the Carter 3, 
uh, I think the anticipation of this album was something that uh, we'll never forget. You know, uh, I remember this album leaking so many times. Uh, it took a while for this album to come out. But when it came out with 3P, Ooh, I'm on it. I'm so on it. Have you on it? You can get it tonight, ho. And all night, ho. I got the beat for Maestro. And that's when Maestro was in his bag. I remember, man, I can remember this like it was yesterday. I was at, I was at Foothill High. And when the Carter came, when Mr. Carter came out and Jay-Z, go further, go farther. Like, man. Some of the best shit I've ever heard on Wax. A Millie got muddy. Uh, phone home with my joint. Such an incredible album. Just everybody had to raise their game after this album, and that's what kind of makes it. That's what people forget about albums now. It wasn't just singles. It wasn't just you know it had a couple hot songs. You had to bring it. I think all these albums on this fucking list I have, they brought it. You have to elevate the game. You got to make people say, fuck, let's delete all the shit we just did. Because did you hear what my man just did? Did you hear Wayne dropped the Carter 3? This thing, Lollipop was the biggest fucking song on the radio back in the day. Um, uh, Playing with Fire. I remember that beat, man, was so beautiful. Um... Shoot me down. We're a little softer for the hip hop generation, but that was that was something that we really could vibe to. Uh, let the beat build. That was honestly one of the most ahead of its time songs in hip hop is let the beat build. Um, you ain't got nothing with Joel's and Fabulous, man. We went. I mean, we had all discussions all day. Who had the best verse? Who had, man? A Millie. You guys remember that, um, just that sample, that repetition throughout the whole song. It was so different. It was a risk. It was a risky move, in my opinion. Uh, not many rappers could pull that off. What Wayne did, and just the metaphors on there. Um, God, it was so amazing. His wordplay in this whole album was one for the ages. I'll never forget how I felt. When I heard this album, it was so anticipated. Um, Wayne was the best rapper alive at that point, hands down. There was no one better than Little Wayne. I, there's no argument. He, I think he went platinum the first week. Motherfuckers don't go platinum. The, the Carter documentary, that documentary meant so much to us, man. He made me, made everybody want to go sip some lean. Honestly, it was such a, it was such a crazy album. But um, again, that album doesn't make the cut. Um, another album that didn't make the cut for me was The Chronic. Uh, and I know people, what the fuck, they probably could turn this podcast off. The Chronic is one of the greatest put-together West Coast albums, sample-wise, production-wise, feature-wise. It's a flawless album. There's not many albums better than The Chronic. Um you could go from Little Ghetto Boy, nothing but a G thing, fuck with Dre Day, um, Bitches Ain't Shit. There's so many cuts on the just the debut of Snoop Dogg, the debut of Daz the Corrupt. This was the start of a generation of West Coast artists that came, that um, went on to become some of the best in the world. That there's never gonna be anything like it. There's never gonna be a compilation of um of of rappers on this album. Um 
I was a kid. I remember how that one of the first songs that, and I'm sure everybody feels this way. Nothing but a G thing was one of the first singles I ever fell in love with. One of the first singles I memorized rapping or you know um, singing out loud. Uh, there's nothing like that Snoop Doggy Dog. That that Snoop Dog was different. Um, these nuts. When you heard Daz spit. Um, when you heard uh, I can't be. I, how the fuck does Nate Dog say that? Uh. I'm gonna look for the motherfucking streets. I can't be faded. I'm gonna look for the motherfucking streets. Like, hearing Snake Dog on that, man, it really makes you miss Nate, of course. But, Lyrical Game Bang, Lady of Rage, man. And we're gonna talk more about the Lady of Rage in a little bit, because I definitely have one of these albums from that Death Row era in my top 10. Um, again, bitches ain't shit. You know, you hear Corrupt, you hear Dads, which turns to be Dog Pound. You hear this. They're having fun. And, um, that G-Funk, uh, is born. It's, um, one of the greatest albums ever, but it's not in my top ten. Another album that, uh, that means a lot to me, but didn't crack the top ten, College Dropout by Kanye West. I'll never forget, I was, let's see, I think... My brother was playing basketball at Mount Vernon. And I was telling my guy, Donez, what's this? He's like, you're never going to doubt him again. Listen to this album. You're never going to, you're never going to question Kanye again. Um, and at that time, y'all, um, the only thing I was really listening to was gangster rap. I was really listening to only, you know, we're, we're, we're thugging it. We're ki- we're we're smoking bud. We're fucking, we're fucking these women. We're, uh, you know, we're game banging. We're doing drive bys. But Kanye West's college dropout really introduced me to a whole different world of hip hop. Um, All falls down. Spaceship. I remember hearing GLC and Consequence on this. And if my manager assaults me again, I will be assaulting him. After I fuck the manager up, then I'm showing the register up. Let's go back, back to the gap. Like that, that spaceship song, Kanye's verse spoke to me. Like that was crazy, man. I was, I'll never forget that. Uh, Jesus walks. This is the first time we have. I guess you could consider this a a, a, a religious song. You know, tell he even said uh, you can rap about anything except for Jesus, because you know, the, you know, the radio won't play it if you talk about Jesus. It became one of the greatest songs of all time. Never let me down. Jay-Z's verse was so awesome on that, man. All falls down. Like, I remember that being played on BET all the time. Uh, the workout plan. You can't, man, slow jams. Like, Jamie Foxx was just off this Ray uh, this Ray movie, and he was doing, you know, we didn't know Jamie, Jamie Foxx was an artist like that. At least I didn't. Just hearing him do this was was crazy. Ludacris, another, was probably the most underrated track. Breathe In, Breathe Out. Underrated track. You guys definitely gotta check that out. Um, two words, and let me tell y'all, man. Freeway is my guy. He earned a fan that day. I was a little behind on the freeway wave, but two words was my shit. Uh, through the wire, of course, we can't forget about that. Um, one of my favorite samples of all time. You really hear 
you know, just just the way it's wrapped, of course, when he was going through the time of the car accident, you really felt the love and the pain that Ye had for this album. Like, he knew you had to get this album out there. Um, one of my favorite albums, y'all, but definitely, it didn't make the cut. Um, another album that you guys are going to be shocked, Get Rich or Die Trying, uh, Mount Vernon School. Uh, shout to Drake Marshall. Drake Marshall showed this, um, I think we were in fifth, sixth grade when this came out. And, man, I remember this was uh, uh, Dre's album. This is like a Dre production. Dre killed the beats on there. Some There's some songs on here that Dre would never would never be able to duplicate as long as he tried. Uh, I remember the first song, What Up Blood, Huh? What Up Cuz, uh, What Up Gate. Like, man, that was one of the greatest intro songs in a hip-hop album ever. Um, Eminem killed it. I'm looking at Patiently Wayne right now. Um, Don't Push Me. That was my joint. Of course, everybody loves In The Club. That's a classic. Uh, I remember the video. You see Exhibit. You see DJ Quick. That was like everything to me. I remember that. I mean, that album was everything to me. I would bump that single. I mean, that single was everything to me. The Dre production. Oh, man. High All The Time was my shit. We were all smoking weed just trying to be high all the time. I smoked that good shit. I stay high all the time, but I'm off some good shit. Heat, one of my favorite beats ever. It's just the gun cocking. Like, I remember the story of Rod Kim saying that Dre gave him this beat, but he couldn't do what 50 did to it. Like, 50 made you feel like you're in fucking... Queens, like you're in Jamaica, Queens. Like you felt like you got shot nine times. You wanted to walk around with a vest on. You wanted to be the baddest motherfucker in the world because 50 said so in heat. Um, if I can't, one of the most motivating hip hop songs of all time. And you guys are hearing me, um, you know, you guys are, you guys are hearing me fucking hype this shit up. It's crazy how this is not in my top 10. Uh, many men. One of the best storytelling songs I've ever heard in my life, man. I remember hearing this shit. This shit would get me so amped. It gets me amped up just talking about it. <sighs> Bloodhound, Young Buck. First time I ever heard a Young Buck um, in my life. And it was it was great, man. I, uh, production on this album is flawless. Um, it's a West Coast vibe with that East Coast flavor. It's that East Coast, uh, that, 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 that gully, that hood. That motherfucking, um, how do I say it's about New York? It was really raw, but it was so crisp. Because, you know, Dre recorded the majority of this. It was it was different, but you knew it was a wave that you couldn't fucking stop. It was monumental. It had the single. It had the, the shit for the bitches. It had the shit for the gangsters. It had the stuff for the for the pimps. Well, P, P, P's on this album. Uh, for the ladies, 21 Questions with Nate Dogg. I'm a rich, I'm, oh man, poor little rich is my shit, that shit's so catchy, uh, gotta make it a heaven, uh, Wankster, you guys, man, Wankster was the one, I remember that shit when 8 Mile dropped, um, Life's on the Line, uh, the P.I.P. remix, 50 Hat, this is one of those albums you could play Number one, and go all the way to number 16. You can't skip a track. It's a flawless debut. One of the many debuts that I have, I have some debuts in my top 10. Um, but sadly, that one is not there. Um, another album that people are going to be really surprised it's not in my top 10. 
the Marshall Mathers LP. Uh, I remember I was like probably 10, 11 years old when this dropped. Um, and I can tell you off the top of my head, I remember the PSA for this. Paul Berman. Paul Rosenberg, I'm sorry. And Steve Berman, that's the other guy. Kill You was my shit. Just the way he was spitting. I know it was some angry rap. I know a lot of this stuff will not pass nowadays, but Dre's all over this album again. Um, you're gonna have, that's a, And you guys remember, this is a, that's a common occurrence with my top ten. Uh, Dre's all over it. Excuse me, I got you know if you got I got allergies here. Stan, another one of the greatest hip hop um, storytelling songs ever. Um, who knew? Who would have knew I would have hit this bitch and I knew that I want to take this kid and who's selling the guns in this country? I couldn't sneak a plastic belly gun in the customs over in London. <laughs> like he was Eminem was killing this shit, man. One of my favorite fucking albums ever. Uh The Way I Am. I remember this was all over MTV TRL and it wasn't a party song, y'all. This is an angry song. Um just lashing out his critics like you want me to make a better single than that fucking my name is, but I can't. And Merlin Manson in the music video. That was so crazy. It was so rebellious. It felt like you could just you know, you didn't gotta do shit, you could do what you want. Um, the real Slim Shady, I remember at the VMAs, he brought all those fucking, those characters out with them with the blonde hair. Eminem was on this game right here. This is probably Eminem's best album, in my opinion. Um, I'm back. Uh, remember Me, I, man, and honestly, y'all, I love Eminem's verse on Remember Me, but Sticky Fingers was my shit. RBX on this was my shit. I remember, I get mad. And you guys, I wish y'all could see me now. I get so hyped up just talking about this. I'm so happy I could share this with y'all. What these albums meant to me. Like, this, this, I was just 9, 10 years old. Uh, Bitch Please too. Uh, Nate Dog was my shit. The way he, it was so catchy how he caught that harmony and how he rocked that. Um, Under the Influence was one of the craziest songs ever ever uh kim i could never listen to kim in front of my parents they used to hate that fucking song um criminal um man i wish i could spit some bars off criminal hold on let's see here uh hold on virus come here fast let me see if this man knows any um any bars off criminal and we're gonna bring right now our guest my guy Virus, C Loco. Virus, can you spit some bars off the criminal song? Criminal song. Um, Eminem, criminal. Because I'm a criminal. <laughs> All my words are, uh, damn it, how's it go? <laughs> Hey, fags, the answer is yes. Uh, that's not the best part. <laughs> he said, hey, fags, the answer is yes. Homophobic? Nah, he just heterophobic. Staring at my jeans, watch my genitals moment. That's my motherfucking balls. He better go of them. They belong in my scrum. He never get a hold of them. Hey, it's me, Versace. Oops, somebody shot me. And I was just checking the mail. Get it? Checking the mail? Eminem was on his shit on this album. But let me tell you something, Virus. What are you talking about? It's not in my top ten. You're fucking high. And I think people are going to see that I'm probably fucking high, but... You'll see at the end who's on my top 10 when I release it. Um, but yeah, y'all. Eminem. Um, Eminem's. Uh, the Marshall LP is not in your top 10? The Marshall Mathers LP is not in my top 10. Personally. Personalist. The ones that meant the most to me. Mm. So. But I would just tell the people how this album. We, 9, 10 years old watching this shit. On the VMAs or TRL. The Way I Am wasn't a single for the bitches. 
That was a single to let out his, um, I guess, his anger towards the record labels. Trying to get him to fucking say, I can't do what the fucking my name is. It was a, yeah, they played that shit like it was Drake nowadays. Like, he got the airplay, and that was, that would never get airplay now. It'll be considered underground. So, um, yeah, so what I told him so far was College Dropout, Get Rich, Marshall Mathers LP, Chronic, and Carter 1 and Card 3. Those are my honorable mentions so far. My next honorable mentions is, I don't even know if Virus likes this one, but it's one of my favorite albums just because, again, it, it dropped at a time where it was different. It wasn't like everything else. It's Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper. Oh, I hate that See, Virus doesn't like that that fucking. The voice was different. Uh, this is my first introduction to um, Chance the Rapper. Uh, really loved it, man. I remember uh, Pusha Man was my shit. I had no idea who Nate Fox was at the time. Um, Paranoia. I've been riding. Oh man, Coca Butter Kisses. My guy Twister came on that and ripped that beat to shreds. Uh, juice. I got the juice. I... Such a different type. Like, this is similar, honestly, to the impact that Kanye West had with College Dropout. Um, Chicago or, or Denny? No, just a... It, uh, I like Danny Brown's Triple X better than the Acid Rap. I think... As an introduction. Just oh, because... Well, when Kanye West came out, you know how... It was different with the rap we were listening to. Mm-hmm. You know, gangsta shit. So, I compare Acid Rap to College Dropout in the sense. It was something different than what I was listening to at the time. It was way different. Well, yeah, we'll talk about if I, yeah, we'll just, I just wrapped, yeah, I just wrapped that fucking spaceship first right now. I couldn't help myself. So, uh, we got to stick to Acid Rap. Um, favorite song, Childish Gambino. I didn't, I didn't even know Donald Glover was rapping at the time. So, that was fun to hear. Uh, nah, nah, that's what Action Bronson was becoming. Action Bronson, he's not the Action Bronson we see now. It was that hungry Action Bronson. Yeah, you sound like Ghostface. No, I don't. Fuck you, Action Bronson. Exactly. Smoke again with Absol. Let me put my mouth on your potty, boo. That was my shit. Acid Rain, Chainsmoker, Everything's Good. One of the albums that I could definitely listen to, 1 through 14. Um, and I'm not going to um, I'm not gonna skip a song. It's uh, one of my favorite albums ever. I can still listen to it. I actually heard it the other day. It brought back so many memories. I think at this time, too, man, when did this album drop? Man, I was 22 at the time. I was going through my love stage, I think, and this this shit was something different. Um, it's something that I needed. I didn't I, like. I I knew it was different from the Kanye West, but it was kind of like I don't know if I could say jazzy, but it was a different type of rap that I was never really used to. It was backpack rap with a twist to it. I don't know if it was the fucking Alice deal or the acid, but. The way Chance, Chance wrote every beat at that time, and, and people, I tell people this all the time, Chance has changed so much from this album. You were 22? Yeah, 2013, it came out. Yeah, it came out 2013, I was 22 years old. So, he came different with this album, man, and um, I remember Acid Rain, I remember I listened to that shit because Jake One was on the production, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, everybody's something with my shit favorite song, just the his voice and it's a little different now. I think Kendrick did low key bite it a little bit with the little tiny flow like this. Chance was doing that first in my opinion, so to hear that was 
was crazy. Um, one of my favorite albums. Love that album, but sadly, it doesn't make my top ten. Um, another album. This is my last one. The honorable mentions list I released. Uh, Safe and Sound by DJ Quick. And I tell people this all the time. This is one of the nastiest albums you're ever gonna hear. Uh, DJ Quick was a uh, young West Coastin game bang on every song. Um, now this album came out. Damn, Which dude. One was 2002? Trauma. That was 02? Yep. Bet you was maybe not 02, but it was up there. We were young, dude. I seen him on Instagram. He was on Rep City. I forgot what song. But DJ Quick, Safe and Sound, man, that was um. Uh, get at me, digging you out. Uh, something for the mood. Don't you eat it? Can I eat it? It's your fantasy. All these songs are some nasty ass songs, yeah. But the way he produced them, it's so funky. It's it. I remember this shit was like you could dance to some of this shit, and it it was one of his best produced albums. Man, I'll never forget how um this separated the way it's recorded. Uh, this is the P funk. I know it's G funk, but he called it the P funk because you know he's sampling a lot of um, Parliament. He's sampling a lot of George Clinton on this stuff. Um, Summer Breeze. You guys ever have a song? You guys are just coasting with your woman, yo. Definitely pop in Summer Breeze. Uh, this is and people forget about this. Um, this is dropped on. This dropped on Death Row Records. This is a Death Row Interscope album, and that's this is like when Dollars and Cents came out. Um, this is one of those albums that uh, he had everything he needed at his disposal and he rocked it. I think uh, if I'm looking at the list now, Summer Breeze, Sucker Free, Safe and Sound, uh, classics, West Coast classics. It's a West Coast classic album. If you love what I was talking about, you know, you love the, the game bang. You love, you know, having the bitches. You love, um, you love someone whose voice is not going to filter you out. DJ Quick has that voice. Um, he has something for everything. He has something for the woman, for the fellas, for the gangsters. He had it all in this album. Um, he really is the man. Quick is definitely the man. I feel quick really good. And uh, yeah, a lot of people say that. You know, as a pro- as a producer, I think he um, he definitely shined on this one. But one of my favorite quick albums is Safe and Sound, but it's not in my top ten. What's your top ten? Do you want to want to sit down for this? Okay, we're gonna plug in your microphone because people can't. Even, people can't even hear you do on this thing. So you know what, y'all? Let's give a big shout out before we get into the top ten. Let's make sure we shout out Boneyard Bullies for sponsoring our podcast this week. And again, y'all, I'm honored to be on anybody. Um, I'm honored to have anybody sponsor this podcast. Um, we're trying to get the word out. Uh, I really want you guys to have some of these beautiful dogs. Uh, they have English, French, American, uh, I'm sorry, English Bulldogs, French Bulldogs, American Bulldogs, exotic Pomeranians. They have puppies and studs available now. They produced um, this English Bulldog called Stud, one of the top Bulldogs in the world. And, and, he's pr- and also they produced a rare colored English Bulldog in the world named Ace in the Hole. Ace went on to be the first and only rare colored English bulldog to ever become an AKC and international champion to date. They have next day shipping and worldwide shipping is also available. And this bloodline, this English bloodline, y'all, has been shipped to Iggy Azalea, Randy Jackson, 
Joe Jonas of the Jonas Brothers, Cat Williams. And I heard Rich the Kid right now is in the process of owning a Boneyard puppy. So again, make sure you guys definitely check out Boneyard Bullies, Boneyard underscore on Instagram. Make sure you contact them. These dogs are some of the best dogs in the world. And there's no bullshit in that. This, this isn't just some pitch. Some of the best breeds of dogs in the world. Again, Bullyard Bullies. Follow them on Instagram, Boneyard underscore. And right now, I want to welcome my guest, surprise guest. Always good to have a surprise guest. Got my brother Virus Loco in the building. We're going to get him connected. We're going to be right back with the top 10 hip-hop albums, personally. All right, y'all, we're back, and I got my brother Virus, who's a frequent guest on the podcast. Can you uh, say hello to the people? Yep. We have microphones now, bud. <laughs> no microphone holders yet. <laughs> We don't have a microphone holder yet. We'll get there. Baby steps. But you got to keep that thing a little bit closer to your mouth. Not all the way, but something like this, like kind of close. How about now? That's perfect. I'll get a good read from you. All right. All right so we're about to get into the top 10 albums here. Again, it's top 10 personally, what means the most to me. And I'm going to start off 2001, Dr. Dre. Hmm. I remember, Um, do you remember when uh, Ray came over with a and copy you, of that? You threw a fit. Because you got the edited version. <laughs> Fresh I, out of surgery for getting your tonsils removed. Dad bought you that album to surprise you, and you fucking threw it. Because it was a censored version. You dick. <laughs> then Ray just hopped up out of nowhere and brought you that album. Dude, I remember still DRE. We all remember that. That was some of the most catchiest stuff ever. And I was talking about The Chronic's a perfect album, but this one right here... Is a flawless masterpiece. Mm-hmm. What it meant to me was, man, um, you know, I think with Chronic, it was that age. They brought these, you know, they brought Daz, RBX, Corrupt, Snoop, of course, Lady of Rage. But this one, man, they had a tip-top Eminem. Mm-hmm. I think it popped out. The first song on there is The Watcher. Uh, you hear, and that's what people don't forget me, of Nocturnal and Nocturnal. Eminem on the, on the hook, and it's panned out. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dre talking that shit. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, like we could put that in front of mom and dad. Devin the dude was man. You got the numbers on you. Make the call. You know what? Come quick. Help you redecorate your walls. Snoop Dogg, a tip top Snoop Dogg. Was that Snoop Dogg we have now? No, just the Snoop Dogg now. But he was still trying to rap. He still put effort into it. Big yep. egos. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that beat. Shout out to Scott Storch, man, and Mel, man. Everybody who contributed to that album. Jay was on his shit. The way he scored this, it's like it's like a fucking soundtrack. It's a it's a it's like a score to a movie. Oh, the first one he released was a it was a flop, wasn't it? Yeah, the um aftermath uh, compilation. Yeah, yeah they, they had to step up from that. He had to go back to that gangster shit. Uh, explosive. Mm-hmm. Who could forget that? Um, one of the best beats of all time. Uh, you had a corrupt on there. You had a, a Nate prime dog. Nate dog. Rest in peace, Nate dog. And it's a classic. It's a classic song. What's the difference? Um, Exhibit was killing it. Eminem was on his fucking game. Um, Lightspeed, Lightspeed, spinning crying through the galaxy. Uh, Hydro. What the fuck? I can't forget. I, I can't do word for word, but that was amazing. Forgot about Dre. Then the Eddie Griffin. Sketch. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was her. His her was her mama. <laughs> the biggest ho- or Talk the biggest a- pimp on planet mm-hmm. Earth yeah, is her mama. Talk I about- started with finding love with a motherfucker from with a bus pass. 
uh, forgot about Dre. The next episode, who could forget about that? There's a radio single. That's the one you want. Mm-hmm. A corrupt. It was mem- corrupt. Wasn't even rapping on there. People remember his verse or his his, his appearance. I was six years old when this shit came out. We we're banging it word for word. Nate Dogg was came with the classic "Smoke Weed Every Day." He had no business saying those words. Uh, <laughs> let's get high. Oh, it was amazing. Oh my God, corrupt. Uh, stopping in the party, corrupt young Gotti. Oh my God. A fun fact: I was in a loony bin and I was singing, looking real saucy, my gangster ass Stacy. I would walk back and forth and <laughs> say that to myself. God, that shit's. Good song. That's all. That's only probably remembered. So I repeat it. Murder Inc. One of the most underrated songs on this Damn. album. With the whole Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Actually, if we're gonna watch a movie tonight, we should watch that. I was gonna tell you that. Go ahead. Since we're off tomorrow, right? I am off tomorrow. So that's always cool. Feels like I don't know. Virus is uh going up in his job. I got a promotion, and now I have days I can he has burn. Six days. He I got has six days, days. <laughs> and I have. I was gonna save them, but uh, since COVID nineteen and my friends don't come around anymore, I have no reason to. I can use them. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to call in tomorrow. And we're going to watch a movie. We're going to watch a movie, definitely. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Back to the story. Um, that porno one. Uh, Yes. Man, Jake I got Sneed. My... Jake Sneed, mm-hmm. bitch. I'm Jake Sneed, <laughs> bitch. That was, man, we got so much trouble. I was telling them about the, we could have assembled some of these skits on a Marshall Mathers LP. Because it was fucking the guy get his dick sucked. <laughs> yeah. Get my dick back. Come here. Can't suck it better. <laughs> Nice going, Shaggy. Um, a bitch, mm, man. Bitch was a bitch priest. No, too? bitch. Oh yeah, we can't hear that. We can't say the N word, but bitch N word. Yeah, that was. Oh, that was amazing. That taught us honestly, and this is where I was telling people what it meant to me. We learned a lot of game from this album. Oh, yeah. Like what bitch that a bitch N word taught us not to be a snitch. Mm-hmm. It taught us not to talk, not to blab our mouths. Like. Yeah. It was crazy. We learned so much. And that's why I was saying the hip-hop, the culture, y'all, it really influenced. Not just me. Virus loves hip-hop, too. kind of influenced the way we think. And this taught us game. Um, some mm-hmm. L.A. N-words. In my younger days, I used to sport a rag. Like, oh, King T was the shit. Oh, amazing. King T spent one of the best verses on this album. Um, Nocturnal... That was kind of nocturnal showing out party. We thought he was going to be the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, housewife. Uh, you can't make a whole housewife. That's still a phrase today. That still, that still matters today. Mm-hmm. Corrupting <laughs> Hitman. Um, if you watch the Forget About Dre, if you watch towards the end, Hitman 2000. Mm-hmm. Coming through Stompin', Dre from Compton. In a collaboration with Dre from Compton. I'm going to tell a little something. Hitman. Uh, act right. You know, still tell a bitch to act right. Mm-hmm. We're still living that, you know. That's one of the favorite songs ever. Um, another song that really, I remember, like, back, it was yesterday, Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Cece and Tammy were playing that shit. Mm-hmm. These just stupid dads with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. So that was um, great. But honestly, and I'm not just saying this because my brother's here. But I remember, you know, I had a little brother. And when Dre said, this is my little, this is dedicated to my little brother, Tyree, R.I.P., the message... One of the most underrated Dr. Dre songs ever. Shout out to Royce the Five Nine. And it's right here. Royce the Five Nine wrote this song for Dre. It's dedicated to his brother. And man, y'all, um, this is when Dre also developed his production style. You hear that bang, clap, bang, clap, and you hear the pianos, and it's really layered well. So um, I'm, I was a kid bumping this stuff, man. I kind of learned the game from this. 2001 is uh, one of my albums on. 
my top ten. My second album, Doggy Style. Mm. Uh, me and Virus talk about this all the time. We came, I think, and I promise you guys, man. Uh, my first two albums, my whole life, that were given to me by my aunt was Doggy Style and The Chronic. <laughs> uh, I remember when we were kids, we used to go. The Mammy used to come over. We used to rap this shit with her. Mm. She knew the words. Um, Four or five years old. Let's go down the list, though. And another thing, Virus and I talk about all the time. The greatest verse on an intro on an album is the Lady of Rage. Mm -hmm. It's not even Snoop Dogg on his fucking (laughs) debut album. It's the Lady of Rage. Um, Sipping on Tang Rage. Well, mine for money, my mouth for ganja. R A G to the motherfucking E. Double, it's a double O P. Yeah, like, this album is G Funk. It's the small interest back into a G Funk era. Oh man! Every day man. I take a glimpse in the mirror. So it, this was um, it kind of, it changed the culture a lot, but people don't understand the hype, and we don't understand either. We weren't. And there, but we got the aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. The hype was real with Snoop Dogg. He cr- this album's flawless. It's timeless. Um, gin and Juice. It's a fucking. We were rolling around with kids with Gin and Juice. W Balls Radio. Still one of the funniest skits ever. Yep. Um, all Dre production. Dre produced his ass off on this. This is like the Chronic Part Two, honestly, y'all. Um, yeah. The Shiznit. Mm-hmm. Good God. Um, Lottie Dottie. Lottie Dottie. Um, Murder was the case. And this is not the version I was on the fucking soundtrack. This is the version where um, Daz is the voice. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was the coolest shit ever. Um, as I look up at the sky, uh, Serial Killer. Serial Killer. Oh, that's my oh shit. Oh my god, dude. You guys want to listen to good shit? Play Serial Killers. Oh my god. Serial Killer. RBX is on the hook. RBX Killer. <laughs> I was telling people on the Marshall Mathers LP, remember, um, remember me, mm-hmm. RBX and Sticky Fingers was a verse on that mm-hmm. song. Um, everybody knows what's my name, who am I? Yep. Probably one of the best hip hop songs, bangers, club bangers of all time. Mm-hmm. You could put that on today, and everybody puts their hands up and just fucking try to do a crip walk to it. Um, Snoop's voice and his flow was something that can't be duplicated again. That Ever. was, um, it's Ever. legendary, dude. I always tell people too, you gotta have the voice. Easy had the voice. Quick had the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, Snoop Dogg has the voice. Snoop Dogg had that flow too. He did made it seem like he was, he was just talking like you and mm-hmm. I, and he just rapping. Um, for my N word and my bitches. Yeah, that yeah. was my shit. Um, uh, the dog pound. This could be like a dog food prequel too yep. to the dog food album. Daz and Corrupt really are on their shit on this one, on their A game. Uh, everybody knows Ain't No Fun. Yep. One of the songs we were fucking, we still sing to this day. Warren G, Corrupt killed it with a classic verse. Nate Dog killed it with a classic hook. Um, Doggy Dog World. The doggy Dog World. Oh, if he gave me 10 bitches, then I'll fuck all 10. See my homie Snoop Dogg sipping juice and gin. Corrupt, man. People, I don't know if y'all listen to Corrupt, man. Listen to Corrupt. His Streets is a Mother album. Classic. Amazing. Everything on song 2001, Doggy Style, whatever I mentioned here, Corrupt has some crazy fucking verses. Corrupt is awesome. Um, what's, uh, What about you over there? Snoop, what do you want to be when mm. you grow up? <laughs> Alright, good profession. 
I want to be a motherfucking hustler. Better ask somebody. Dun, 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 dun. And then the way that piano hits. G's up, hose down. We always, man, that was introduction to some crazy thinking right there. Mm-hmm. Pump, pump, last song oh, on there. Man. I love the way that they recorded that, though. Like, it was kind of distorted a little mm-hmm. bit. But that was one of my, this is one of my first albums I ever had in my life. And it's a perfect album. It's still um, talked about. Like, people talk about Drake when he drops an album. Like, it's anticipated. Just, there was nothing like Snoop Doggy Dog. Mm-hmm. Especially after, you know, The Chronic. And after this, he got that murder charge. Mm-hmm. Snoop was a fucking biggest star in hip-hop at this time. Um, my, my Not third on the list, but just my third album. It's on the list of my top ten. Machiavelli, mm-hmm. The Seven Day Theory. Uh, this was kind of during my rebellious years, I guess. I, I, when I discovered what the fuck the meaning of this album really was, um, it's different from Tupac, y'all. This isn't Tupac. This is Machiavelli. It's raw. If you guys listen to the fucking way it's recorded, you could tell this man was just in there for six days, put something on the track. Um, Mad the world. Bomb first hmm. was crazy dissing everybody. Um, even the Outlaws came out with some dope shit on this one. I remember the Double XL magazine with the making of, mm-hmm. and you got to hear all these producers like Big D, Hurt Him Bad, um, QD3. I didn't even know QD was Quincy Jones' son at the time. Um, and Daryl Big D, uh, I forgot his fucking last name, dude. He produced a lot of this out, this um, short album. It's only twelve tracks. Um, Hail Mary. Everybody fucking knows. If you're not a killer, don't push me. Remember the sweet joy next to game pussy. Um, toss it up. I, oh, oh my god, that was like I knew it was a. It was kind of like a flip of no diggity, but the way you know um, he kind of dished drowned this one. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Um, to to live and die in L.A. Classic. Gave out the shout to the Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, blasphemy. Oh man. Uh, if you guys listen to his song, the way I loved it, it's just because the anger in his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could hear that that passion that Machiavelli was rapping about, and uh, it was a, it was real raw. It was real. It wasn't really hip hop. This is what he was going through at the time, and just what he's speaking about is deeper than rap. You guys gotta hear it, like, and the hook too. Um, you gotta really understand what the hook's saying to understand why it's blasphemy. Um, you know, he's talking about. He's talking about really what happened with the New York shooting on here. He's calling out his enemies. And that was something, man. Um, Life was an outlaw. Kind of an underrated track. I can't lie. It was not one of my favorite tracks on there. Um, Just Like Daddy. Come to me every time we roll. Dedicate slow jams on the radio. Uh, so smooth, man. And Outlaws, they added to it. And honestly, I didn't like the Outlaws on a lot of tracks. But they, they didn't. Did you feel like it was wasting verses though? Mm-hmm. I wasn't really feeling that at all sometimes, but um, they killed it on Just Like Daddy. Yeah. And I know you're going to know this song, Crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time goes by, puffing on by, hoping that it gets me high. Got a mm-hmm. nigga going crazy. And Badass, rest in peace, Badass. Mm-hmm. One of the best verses on this. the fame. Right? Well, that's another, well, wrong idea too, huh? That was on Snoop's album. Crazy, um, I remember. I, I remember my grandpa was in the hospital a long time ago. Shout out to my thought the Raven, rest in peace. And every time I would get my little break, I'll put on Crazy, 
And that song would mean so much to me, man. It still means a lot to me. White Man's World. Mm. That that skit in the beginning really spoke to me. And this is kind of when I was really understanding the history of what's going on with America and black culture and all that stuff. I didn't really understand. Just a, I was just a kid. And when I got a little bit older in my, my high school life and I started really digging deep into the album, uh, Pac is kind of ahead of his time. That's what's so scary about what Machiavelli was about. Um, me and my girlfriend... Man, made everybody want to go get a burner. Mm-hmm. He's talking about his gun. Um, and, you know, I know we all know about the Jay-Z and Beyonce. They sampled it. They bet they bit it. Um, Hold Your Head. Top five best Pac albums, but best Pac songs ever. Um, too much tequila drinking. We all that. Like, oh, man, he and I would smoke to this shit. And I would really, he, at that time, Machiavelli really made me feel like I was the biggest G in the motherfucking world, <laughs> yo. I just like when there's Jimmy Henchman and Hazen Jack and all them. Against all odds. Fucking amazing. And people didn't really know how, you know, what, 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 I guess how deep he was getting in the game. He was calling out some made players. That's really fucked up that. Doing too much. And it's crazy how the world heard this album after he was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so against our odds, y'all definitely one um one of my favorite songs. Hold your heads, probably my favorite song on that track. But um, yeah, Machiavelli is on my list. Some of my top best albums of all time. Um, this is gonna probably be one of the biggest shockers on here. And this is kind of where this is kind of the same realm as Common, or this is the same realm as Chance the Rapper and Kanye West. Just because what we were listening to at the time was such. West Coast, at least for me, West Coast gangster shit. That's all we heard, you know. Um, this next album, B, by Common. I had that shit. And that's man. I remember when this came out. It was one of those hyped albums. A lot of people gave it shit because it got the double XL and double mm-hmm. XL got marked as a classic. But you guys have to hear that. If you guys haven't heard this, man, uh, Kanye West is on there. Uh, Jay Dilla was on here. That young John Legend was on here. Um, the corner was something. Uh, it's one of those storytelling songs. It was. It was kind of backpack rap, but it had a. It had like that street. Mm-hmm. That street. Um, I don't know how that street presence. It wasn't no gangster shit. It was just street cats. Mm-hmm. Um, go. 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 And the count of three. Everybody feels love to your fantasy. Um, John Mayer was killing that one, man. But and you hear, you know, Kanye West's influences all over this, mm-hmm. over this album. Uh, Faithful was one of my favorite cuts on here. Again, you hear that Kanye influence. Uh, Testify. Uh, this is a good storytelling track about how this bitch really did the crime. <laughs> that shit was that was crazy. Um, I love is how beautiful love could be. When did that come out? This came out actually. 2000, was it three? 2005. Five. And this is all we bumped for a while. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, Common wasn't our type of music. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, it's kind of jazzy. It's kind of um, sampled heavy. We weren't listening to stuff like that when this dropped. But his videos are dope. Definitely. His videos meant something. You watch that shit on Rap City or Ronald Sexton Park. And you, you had to watch, listen. And we knew Kanye was producing all this, mm-hmm. so like, just to hear the samples on this, um, I just can figure out his 
dress style. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy dressing like this? It was so different, man. Um, Shy City. Uh-huh. My man retired. I'm going to take over. Like, that's when Jay-Z just retired and Common was trying to get the crown. Um, again, the sampling on this, y'all, it really meant a lot to me, man. Like, it was so smooth. It was so different. It was kind of jazzy, like I said, but it was a, it was like a street twist. The food was Kanye West. And I think, I don't know, I just put this on my Instagram. Uh, slow, you know what they say, Kanye. Slow motion better than no mm-hmm. motion. I walked in the crib, got more kids, and my baby mama like, uh oh, uh oh. Real people, good God. Um, one of the realest songs you hear ever in hip hop. So honest. Um, they say, they say, what's happening? Um, Kanye, again, the production on here is so fucking classic. You can listen to this album front to back. It's Your World Part 1 and 2. Uh, we I remember this because, you know, Dilla just died. I remember that. And this was like, okay, I need to listen. I have to listen to the song. It's a sampling on there. Um, that time was wild. I, be, I, I believe it was, man, I don't know if it was Bill. I say Bilal, Bilil. Killed this shit, man. James, and James Poison was on there. Mm-hmm. He's like, not he was on. He was producing this track, um, and you hear Sam Cooke and some of these samples. You have Marvin Gaye on some of these samples. It's um, it's a beautiful album, y'all. And it's not, it's not a hyped album. It's not one of these party anthem driven. It's not a doggy style. It's not a two thousand one. Mm-hmm. It's not a Mac. It's not a deep like Machiavelli. It's just, it's the it's the rap. It's a different taste. That jazz rap. It's one of the best albums that we're ever here. Just, um, it's a backpack thing. He's from the Shy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those, it's one of those Shy Town things. And it's one of my favorite albums ever. I can never get tired of it. We do the list so far. Yeah. Solid? Yep. Okay, cool. You're going to like this one, y'all. And the virus, like he was, the virus was along for the ride with all these damn things. Um, another album. That you guys are gonna probably be a little bit surprised that I put on here. It's by Killer Mike. Mm-hmm. I pledge allegiance to the grind. Oh man. Two. That was sophomore year for me, I think. Sophomore year? Oh, yeah, it was dropping no weight. Yep. So this was year. back I was seventeen years old and I remember watching I was reading Double XL one day, reading through this, you know, these promotions they have for all their albums. And I come across this guy with an American flag and he's throwing up his hood. And it's Killer Mike. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking Killer Mike from the whole world. None, none, none. Outcast. Mm-hmm. And dude, mm-hmm. you pop in this album. I pledge allegiance to the grind too. And it comes out. 10 G's for blow. King mm-hmm. for, it has this Biggie sample. And I'm a Biggie nut. So I'm like, fuck pause. I'm a Biggie mm-hmm. fan. Stan, whatever you want to call him. 10 G's is my shit. Amazing. Killer Mike and I and I hate to say this shit, man, but it's like he's like he's like a preacher on this album. Like he's he's talking about mm-hmm. prophecy. He's talking about um he's really giving you the business side of the game and he was kinda of going through it at the same time. He's talking about murdering your bosses, becoming your own boss at the time. Mm-hmm. Um Virus is song Two Sides with Shorty Lowe. Oh man. But goddamn, it must be two sides. That's a piece I love. I love Shelly Lowe. Man, I'm sad he died. Um, too many things I'm after mine. Claiming my city ain't for mine. Like, 
Killer Mike was he had different flows, mm-hmm. but he still had that voice. He was real raw with it. And I I don't know if you agree with me, but I thought Killer Mike was like the Dirty South Ice Cube. Yeah. I felt like he was the Dirty South Ice Cube just because he was a little political. But he was really just sharing the game. He was really sharing where he was coming from. Then you knew what the fuck he was talking about, too. Uh, can you hear me? Can you hear mm-hmm. me? That was really one of those. It's a, it's a heartfelt track. I loved it. Uh, Pressure with Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. That was a political track. And that was really his coming out party. He was able to go bar for bar with Cube. Uh, I got big money. I got, got big, big cars. Uh, that was a cool little sample with mm-hmm. the Charlemagne Guard, Marcy Marv. That's when... That's when the Bay Area was kind of popping at that mm-hmm. time. Probably your favorite song on here. I know it's my favorite song on here. God in the Building. Oh, man. Hang on with this out. It's the shit. We feels like we in the devil's nuts in the, or the devil's guts in the south. So how boys chipping when I'm iced out. Cool as a cute coming when I'm hopping out. A 96 Apollo with the flame blew out. That's the shit. Yeah, that was if y'all could listen to a song, God in the Building, one of my favorite tracks ever. Uh Super Clean, Super Hard with Eight Bar and MJG. Really uh, really a dirty self anthem right there. Uh this is when he was a grind time official, so he really had some crazy, crazy producers on this. It was it was a big production, but it was real dirty it was real raw and real dirty self, it was real bass driven. That's mm-hmm. what I really loved. You could bang this in your whip at all times. I think at that time we were growing with Bubba. We had this album mm-hmm. all on there. He played the whole thing front to back. Um, I woke up this morning high as a motherfucker. motherfucker. Woke up this morning is one of my favorite tracks mm-hmm. on there. Bang, bang. Uh, Grandma's house, man. <laughs> Grammy's house. One of my one of his one of my favorite tracks by Killing Mike Arab. You love your grandma? Definitely check this song out. Um, I gotcha. Let Smith and Cash. I'll never mm-hmm. forget Smith and Cash produced this one. Um, I'm the shit. That was my shit right yeah. there. Uh, can you buy that? You see it? Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many stories in the city of dope. I'm just telling you, I feel like dope. I don't. Um, goodbye, the city of dope. That's one of the most hard. I remember just getting a feeling like. Michael Render's my guy. Mm-hmm. Killing Mike's for me. So that was, that's honestly, man. I pledge to the grind. The production's great on here, but just Killing Mike, he reminded me of a, like, of, a, of a pastor, of a, um, what do you call those people? At, I guess at black churches. A reverend? Yeah. He was like a reverend on these tracks. It was beautiful, man. One of my favorite Dirty South albums ever. And that's probably one of my most shocking ones I have on here. Um... There's only one guy I have with two albums on here. Can you take a guess? Mm. Snoop. No. Dre. I don't know. Oh, DJ Quick. No. What the fuck? There's only one guy I have with two albums on here. We're going to talk about those next. It's on my wall. There's only one out. Al- There's only one rapper who has two flawless albums, in my opinion. Biggie. Biggie. And we're going to go life with life after, death. life after Death. And you can't, man. I always tell people it sucks that he fucking didn't get to see the impact that it had mm-hmm. on the game. This is one of those albums that elevated the game. That made everybody kind of say, oh, fuck. Fuck what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We got to do what Biggie doing. After he died, he didn't get to see how 
big of an impact this was. This is one of the greatest albums of all time, not just in rap, but in music history. Um, this is something that always, uh, there's a song for everybody on here, honestly. There's a song for a woman, you know, you're going through something, you know, you want to go fucking ride with your homies, you want to go smoke, you want to have fun with the bitches, you want to go uh, fight with your girl, Biggie, uh, I remember my cousin Richard telling me when Somebody Gotta Die came on. That's the intro track. He got goosebumps listening to this. Mm-hmm. Somebody's Gotta Die. When I go, you gotta go. Um, it's a double album, right? A double album. One of the, probably the best double album ever. Maybe next to All Eyes on Me. Mm. But definitely, man. Biggie, the way he was spinning, y'all. Um, we'll talk about the you know Ready to Die in a little bit. But it's so clean. The way he... Um, progress from his last album he's on some different stuff he's not talking about what he was talking about in the past with crack and all this stuff he's talking about how he, he he's a made man now it's kind of mafioso stuff he's a made man like he's the he's the head dog in this east coast game um hypnotize banger beautiful track um his sub even the way he uses his ad-libs the, uh uh-huh He's so simple with it, but it, it, I think it matters so much. That's his personality. Mm-hmm. His personality really shined through the album. Uh, Kicking the door, waving the full mm-hmm. four. All you heard was Papa Don't Hit Me No More. Uh, DJ Premier, classic New York song, uh, New York production. Love hearing um, Biggie really spit some real shine here. And, and Puffy hated this song. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Like how did, I can't imagine listening to this beat like, nah, I ain't the one. Throw that shit away. Uh, Fucking You Tonight with R. Kelly. Yep. One of those songs for the ladies. Um, Some say the X make the sex spectacular. Like, and just the way he was flowing, man. Biggie has this flow. It's one, again, it's those flows that seem like he's talking, mm-hmm. but he's rhyming it so effortlessly. It's like, it. he makes it seem like anybody could go rhyme. That's how easy he made it. But he was so complex with the way the bars were being... Um, I guess put together. Um, you hear the last day with the locks. Yep. Um, Havoc produced that song. That's what's fucking crazy on that one. Uh, you hear Jada Kiss, Chic Luke, Styles P. Um, the young Chic Luke. Who the fuck wanna squeeze? Mm-hmm. My Desert Ease makes MCs freeze. Mm-hmm. I love the dough. Mm. Um, probably one of the best verses that Jay Z's ever spit before. They're gonna do that group together. What the, commission. Call it? the commission. The commission. The commission. Puff Daddy, <laughs> Cesar Leo, <laughs> De Janeiro, Iceberg Slim, Uncle Paulie, Frank, uh, Frank White. Damn. What's beef? Oh man. Very important song. Very important song that you guys definitely got this to. People always talk about, you know, they have beef with this cat. They have beef with this guy. But Biggie really tells you what's beef. Beef is when I seen ICU. Uh, guaranteed to be at ICU. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no wasted verses on this album. Everything on here is a classic. I mm-hmm. think everything means something. Um, more money, more problems. That's a that's a that's it's a radio track, but it was a showing out party for Mace with mm-hmm. Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy wasn't an artist back then. Um, N-words bleed, bleed just like us. Mm-hmm. Um, really telling people, too, I felt like we any of us could die. We all going to die. We all bleed the same. Nothing special between you and I. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, great fucking album, man. Um, I got a story to tell. 
one of the funniest fucking songs you're ever gonna hear. Um, talks about how he, you know, he's in the she's in the he's in the room with this chick. Her man comes home. He fucking sticks sticks him up and robs him. And it's one of the greatest things ever. It's, a, it's one of those scared. one of those six. That scared me. That I'm scared of that. Don't got some lie. You got some lie. <laughs> Biggie influenced everything we say with the weed at least too. Mm-hmm. Chocolate tie. You got the law. Like I got the law. Let's go roll the law. Like Brook, like he put Brooklyn on the map, and he put Brooklyn worldwide. Honestly, mm-hmm. like no one was really doing that. And I know everybody. The you know, Wu Tang was out there. You know all these New York Nas, but Stop Big Queens and all that shit. Biggie was different. Yeah. Biggie was so different. Um, Notorious Thugs. The versatility was showing here. Biggie was spitting like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm dangerous. Can't too many can't play with us. Straight up, we know ancient us. Label us notorious. Bone thugs and harmony killed a busy bone, crazy bone. Fuck crazy verses, dude. Miss you. One of my favorite songs ever. When you one twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember selling three bags of straight foul. I got my man beat down to the third power. One of the that shit means that, and I know virus don't like being emotional, but that shit makes me emotional when I hear it. Still, um, another with little Kim. What would you do if your bitch was untrue? <laughs> like he was saying some crazy. And this is little Kim's introduction. I know we had the um the Junior Mafia album, but this is when I started listening to little Kim too. Like, yeah. And you know you hear you know you hear Puffy's influence on this too, but going back to Cali. Mm-hmm. Um, the skit's a classic. Uh, Easy Mo B, you know, e- and people don't realize this too. Easy Mo B was messing with Pac and Big at this time, producing shit for you know Me Against the World, and here he is with this Life After Death album. It's beautiful. It's clean. It's the production on here is so fucking good on here, man. He, it, Biggie's voice is like an instrumental, in my opinion. Um, play a hater. Mm-hmm. One of my fuck. Oh man, it's. I know a lot of people don't like that song. But to me, it's a funny fucking song, dude. Like, he's having fun with his homies in the studio. Mm-hmm. He's smoked out, just having fun. Um, the Ten Crack Commandments. What's your important? What's the most important commandment in your, in your opinion, virus? Mm. I can tell. Do you know? Well, let me see. You can see it right here. What's the most important? Ten, what's the most important commandment? I think. I think it might be number seven. Keep your family and business completely separated. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, that number two. Never let them know your next move. <laughs> Let's see here. Never let no one know. Never let no one know how much dough you hold. Never let them know your next move. Never trust nobody. Never get high on supply. That's important. Never get high on supply. Never sell no crack where you rest at. I don't care if they want to ounce town bounce. That damn cre- that goddamn credit, dead it. You think a crack can't pay you back? Shit, forget it. Keep your family and business completely separated. Keep, never keep no weight on you. If you ain't getting back, stay the fuck from police. Consignment, strictly for live man, not for freshmen. Can you, why is that important? Not to implicate anything at all. Why is consignment only if you got it? If you guarantee it, right? You didn't get in front of this shit. They're gonna know. They're gonna friend somebody who's able to get it off and get the money back. You can't give it to somebody who's starting fresh out. 
Because you ain't got nobody to sell it to. No clients. You ain't have no money to bring it back. So I might be the most important one, too. Mm-hmm. But I think the family, mm-hmm. you got to keep the family and business completely separate. We know how it is. We're doing business with family. Mm-hmm. And that's what we learned the game from. I ain't gonna, we ain't saying nothing about that. But we learned a lot of game from that type of shit. The Ten Crack Commandments was one of those, albums, one of those um, songs like, hey, what did Biggie say on that? Yep. Um, play a hater. No, not play a Nasty boy. Mm-hmm. I go on and on and on and. But the skit in the beginning. This bitch want me to shit on her. <laughs> so after that shit's on the bitch, right? Uh, sky's the limit. Probably one of the most motivating songs I've ever heard in my life. Um, 112 killed it. Clark Kent's on the beat. Loved it. Um, hearing his mom in the beginning fucks me up still. Um, sample from Bobby Cardwell. Fucking beautiful. The world is filled with Too Short and Puff Daddy. Mm-hmm. That's what you gotta really appreciate about Biggie. He didn't give a fuck about none of that East and West. Let's try to make the best music we can. Mm-hmm. I got so many bitches in my lifetime and they would think with the game with the beans like mine. Too Short killed that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that verse that Biggie spit on that one was jocked by a lot of people too. Um, Where the fuck that Jay-Z line was from Big Pip and he dropped. My downfall. He knew they didn't want him to do what he would do he was and then hearing DMC they praying and praying on my downfall Mm -hmm. that was crazy One Kiss Goodnight one of our favorite Biggie songs Mm -hmm. Mickey Mouthpiece Obese like Della Reese when I release you lose teeth like Little C's like the please Um, and I guess the most prophecy uh, I guess the prophecy fucking you're nobody till somebody kills you Mm -hmm. kind of he kind of foreseen his own death sadly um that's what sucks too, you know? So this is one of those albums, one of my favorite albums ever. Um, I'm never going to forget that shit when I first heard it. And it's still, it means a lot to me, man. This is one of my, Biggie's my favorite rapper. And he, he killed it. There was nothing, that, there was nothing better than that. Um, I got two more here, three more actually. The next one's Ready to Die. Um, Can I take a piss real quick? Go ahead, take a piss if you want, dude. We might not give ours back, honestly. Are you gonna come back? Yeah, I gotta go pee real quick. Oh, okay, go pee. We'll just put, put just put your mic right here. I don't know if that's gonna end that. Let me see here. No, you be good. We'll be good. All right, y'all. So we're gonna go with "Ready to Die." Let me see here. All right, y'all. So we're back from this little break. Sorry about that. Um, next album that's on my top ten: "Ready to Die" by the Notorious B.I.G. Um, if you really one of my favorite reasons why this is probably my favorite album of all time is because the way it's recorded, it's so raw, it's so, um, it's gritty. It's certainly like um, Get Rich or Die Trying, but man, just the storytelling on this one, just the beats on this one, it's real New York boom bap rap, um, things done change. A great intro track, how you get introduced to Biggie Smalls. Um, it's storytelling. It's raw storytelling. The way it's recorded, you could tell Biggie's still trying to find himself. You could tell Biggie's still trying to put his gift together. And you hear the the final results with Life After Death, but I feel like you really get to hear uh, the beginning of his of this of this hip hop journey. Give me the loot. Um, one of my favorite songs ever. Uh, classic storytelling. He's witty. Um, that's something that separates Biggie from a lot of rappers. He's really witty with it. Um, 
the MC, the, the flow, the rhymes, uh, machine gun funk, warning, uh, fuck my moms and my girl, I'm ready to die, uh, one more chance, uh, the what with Method Man, Method Man killed the future, Method Man killed the future on that one, um, and you just hear, and I think Method Man is actually the only guest on this album, Juicy. How can you deny Juicy mm -hmm. um, before the stardom, before he knew he was going to be what he what he became? Mm -hmm. uh, Everyday Struggle, one of the, another great storytelling song. Yep. Um, me and my bitch, fucking funny as hell. Like, I couldn't listen to this song when I was a kid. Uh, Big Papa. Nice. Everybody knows Big Papa. Mm -hmm. uh, respect. You guys have to listen. It's one of probably the most underrated Biggie songs of all time. Um, and it's crazy. If you hear, and this is all both of Biggie's albums, you hear that Jamaican influence. Yeah. The man's from, you know, I think I think his mom's from Jamaica. Okay. But you hear that Jamaican influence on this stuff. A friend of mine, uh, real New York stuff, I think with this album too, has started a lot of trends in hip hop. You know, they want to be that Don. They want to get that money. Um, you know, you're robbing people, you're selling crack. Um, just the roots of this album spread it throughout hip hop um, from this point on. Unbelievable. Um, DJ, uh, DJ Premier was on that one, but that's really, you hear his skills as an MC. Um, mm. Rookie of the Year type shit. He was the best young cat spinning at the time. Uh, Suicidal Thoughts is probably the one that people really remember. Motherfucker yeah. shoots himself. And at the at the end of this album, that's when you've seen he's ready to die. Like he, that's Lord Finesse, which is crazy. Lord Finesse produced the message on two thousand one too. Mm -hmm. So the I think with this album, it was so raw, but it was something different. It wasn't like Curtis Blow. It wasn't like the Beastie Boys. It wasn't like Run DMC. It wasn't Illmatic because even and I like Nas, but Nas wasn't bouncing off the track like Biggie does. He wasn't. Messing with the flow like Biggie was. Mm -hmm. And this was the beginning of all that shit, man. Like, ready to die, machine gun funk, give me the loot. You c I learned a lot about rap from listening to Biggie's rhymes. You could really um, see how he breaks down his bars. And honestly, y'all, and I hate to say this, you know who else taught me how to rap with bars and how to count bars? SPM. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking SPM had a website dedicated to this shit. What's on your finger, bro? I was drawing on my pin, drawing on my fingers. Why are you drawing your finger, bro? Uh, uh, at least you don't gotta work tomorrow. <laughs> I don't gotta work tomorrow. Virus is coming up in the world. Man, now. So, we got ready to die out the way. Just the way, again, means a lot to me just because you hear the rawness of Biggie's voice. What number is that? Uh, we got two more. It's number eight. That was number eight? Yeah. Mm. What's number nine? Number nine. Shouldn't be. There's one Jay-Z album that I love more than anything else. Can you guess? The Blueprint. No. What doc, What 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 movie were we watching all the time back in the day? With Jay-Z? Fade to Black. Fade to Black. And that was with the Black oh, Album. Oh, the Black Album. Yeah. That was the Black Album, dude. Um, not many albums are perfect in the world. And I mean perfect that there's something for everybody. I think every I think every album on here has something for everybody. Mm -hmm. But um, 
Yeah, that album was tight. That this album was perfect. It was his going away party. This is supposed to be Jay Z's retirement album. Um, this and I'm, I don't know. This album reminds me of Mikey mm-hmm. because we we all heard this. When when did this drop? We were twelve years old when this shit dropped. Two thousand three. Yeah, two thousand three, bro. Uh, December fourth came out, mm-hmm. and that was fucking ill. He came. Jay Z has something to prove. Just blazes all over the place on this one. Timberlands. He got every. You seen the well? The documentary has everybody in there. Rick Rubin, Kanye, Pharrell. Even Eminem has a fucking joint on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what more could I say? That was the sample they used. Um, this is kind of like his going away gift to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, encore, you know, encore, do you want more? <laughs> Left, then he came back. <laughs> it's amazing. It was crazy how the documentary showed how they constructed this album. Mm-hmm. Um Jay-Z has one of those flows, too. What he was spitting was so ahead of his time still. This album could drop today and it could be a masterpiece. Um, mm-hmm. Change Clothes. That's the album for, you know, for the ladies, for the for the club. Um, never, killed it. I never felt more alive than riding with Christ. I never felt alive than riding shotgun and it went through a fire. And I tried to smoke weed to give me the fix I need. I'm allergic to shit. Dirt off your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Remember the Dr. Mary when he first heard that beat? And just the way his face was like, mm-hmm. okay, oh, this is the one. Killed in a couple takes. He got no bounce. Bounce coming up. the bounce. <laughs> I'm Ric Flair, dog. That's there it was. <laughs> one of my favorite tracks, this is because of my guy, Donas. Ninth Wonder, The Threat. Mm-hmm. This big threat. This is the biggest threat. <laughs> uh... The and how I don't know how to say. I know if y'all listen to hip hop, it's the way that beat bounced. Like threat is this is the biggest threat, pimp. That was my shit. Moment of clarity. Yep. Eminem all over. You could tell it's Eminem production. Mm-hmm. Love that song. Uh, Eminem has that sound. It was like it's like that that fucking background noise a little. It's like um. Yeah, it's a back- it's like a hollow piano type thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, definitely. Ninety nine problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was cool to see Rick Rubin uh, on this. This is kind of like that eighties versus nineties mm-hmm. New York shit, East Coast rap storytelling at its finest too. Mm-hmm. Step out the car. Um, you can't rapping on you. I know a lot of you are. I ain't stepping out of shit. All my papers legit. Word bending like a motherfucker, stretching the shit out of it. Def- that's what people don't understand what Jay-Z was doing, the flow of that. He was really stretching words out into the pocket. What Biggie did, too, I think, is because Biggie had a flow. Once he caught the pocket, there's nothing like it. Um, public service announcement. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Hove. When that, Jay-Z, when that Just Blaze fucking sample mm-hmm. hits, Just Blaze and Jay-Z, it's almost done to not. That's one of the best tandems ever. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, that was crazy. Even that little sample in there. I don't know what movie that's from, but that shit was cool. Honestly, my favorite song on here, though, it was the most simplest beat, was Justify My Thug, just because DJ Quick produced yep. it. And it was so, like, it was just a kick and a clap, and a kick and a clap. Um, what was that? What's that line go? I'll never ask for nobody. Or, I'll never ask for anything. Don't demand myself. Mm-hmm. Honor, integrity, and then wealth. That shit was crazy, man. Like That's a good album. That I think, and I think they sent. Was it Lady Kravitz? I'm looking on here, like that was. It was so crazy, man. Lucifer. 
Mm-hmm. And you see this young Kanye West just say, give me a shot. And he's, you know, he's kind of telling him what it's about. Just at least giving him the rhythm and the <laughs> and harmonizing it. Verse. Yeah. Did he ask him to spit a verse on that one? I don't think he did. He just, he just went for it. Yeah, he sure did. Um, Lucifer's my shit, though. Um, it's really clever. He's really Jay-Z's so clever how he did this, though. It's like... It was his goodbye to the game, but he knew, like, y'all can't make music like this. Like, what I'm doing, like, this mm-hmm. is a whole different level. It's not just New York. You can't, with Jay-Z, too, you can't just put him in a box. Oh, this is East Coast rap. This is New York rap. Jay-Z mm-hmm. broadened it. He made it bigger than, this is worldwide. I'm it, rap. He made it cool to go to Paris and shit like that. Allure. I say Allure. 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 I can't say that word. Lawyer. Lawyer. A-L-L-U-R-E. Mm-hmm. The allure of the game, the allure of the game. I can't fucking say it. That was one of my favorite Neptune beats ever. Just the story you was telling that one. Just how how much he loves the game. Mm-hmm. Like the game runs in his blood. I remember when again on the documentary you said, you know, you can't trump the music. Don't ever trump the music. The music pays the bills. The music pays for everything. <laughs> well, nothing without the music. Oh, he's checking out the beats. You know, this motherfucker depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Do we still have that? I think we have it in the... Fuck, do we have that? I hope so. I think you should watch that when we're done with this podcast. Yeah. We'll find it somewhere. Um, that shit is amazing. My first song. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't know how you feel, but every time I got a new job or I don't fucking want to work out, I put the song on Biggie's in the beginning saying, you got to treat everything like it's your last, but even if it's your first, you got to treat your first like it's your last. Mm-hmm. And... The verses on this is crazy. Like, I can't... Fuck, I wish I could memorize them. I don't want... I'll fucking... I'll spin them all. But this was a beautiful song. Great outro. Great way to... Go. This is a great way to go, but great way to pay tribute to who his boy is. Like, mm-hmm. he thinks Biggie's the greatest rapper of all time. And that was old to Biggie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was crazy, the impact that Jay Leaving had on the game. Like you see, people he brought out that fucking mm-hmm. ghost face out there. Like it was crazy, man. Like this is and this is prime Jay. This is before Jay said made it cool to go to Paris. Before mm-hmm. he started being that tier Jay. That's you know he's too rich. He has rich people problems. Like it's kind of like what Kanye is going through. We can't really relate to the shit that he's the life of Pablo and fucking Jesus or is this Jesus and what are the fuck or that's why I like none of it because I can't I can't really it's different it's different problems are going through now mm-hmm. Jay was still kind of Jay to us he was still that reasonable doubt Jay mm-hmm. just a little bit more um, talking about dope and all that shit yeah it was like, crazy we we could relate a little bit and not uh, saying I do dope or anything I mean <laughs> but you know. We're not all perfect, goddammit. <laughs> Give me a break here. And my last album, which I don't think you you won't it won't be no surprise to you. It's the best album cover. I remember I was looking through Gil's CDs one day and I seen this motherfucker with a blue shirt on, with no shirt underneath. Up opened up. His hair was permed out. Let the words in pink. Then the words were in pink. DJ Quick, Rhythmalism. You have two Quick albums in me? No, I had to, I had Safe and Sound as an honorable mention. Oh. This is the album after Safe and Sound. This is not an <laughs> album to me. This is a soundtrack. I remember I seen that. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that motherfucker looks smooth as fuck, dude. Like, you look like a G, G'd up. Like, I always wanted my hair like DJ Quick, bro. We can't get, we don't have hair like that. <laughs> um, We Still Party. 
Mm-hmm. You can still play that today. Um, so many ways has some crazy oh, fucking features on. So many ways. Mm. I got so many. I got more styles than hotels got towels. Peter Guns, most of the incredible mm. ones. Uh, hand in hand. Uh, what's up with that? These are fucking radio hits back in the day. I remember. I remember when we were kids. This was all on the radio. Hand mm-hmm. in hand. Um, what was the other one on here? Use a gangster. Mm. Use a gangster. And Quick produced a bad oh, people. Right. Quick is kind of like. He's not Quincy Jones in the fact. Quick is more of a Rick James of hip hop. Rick James yeah. produced a lot of his shit. Rick James, Prince. Prince, he is. Exactly. He, yeah. I think Quick's the prince of hip hop. Um, he's not as Drake, because I think Drake could be like kind of Michael Jackson. He's a little bit of. You know, they always, compare, the, yeah. they always compare Prince and Michael Jackson, so yeah. that's all they do with. But Drake Prince quick. was hands on with his shit, just like quickest. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He produces all his own stuff. He samples all his own stuff. Down, down, down. Sugar Free, AMG, and Mossberg. Mossberg killed that shit. Um, rest in peace, Mossberg. Johnny Burns, man. People don't know about Johnny Burns. What One of the best that? rappers you'll ever never hear. <laughs> that makes sense. Where's that? Where's that Mossberg album? Uh, Life goes on. No, wasn't there another one? Mossberg when life goes on and the down well, the one when they get naked. I think maybe I'm thinking about something else. Yeah, Mossberg's tight though. Um, Fucked up. I used to know her. I used to know. Her. I used to know her. Uh, no doubt. I got something mm-hmm. for your mouth. No mm-hmm. doubt. Play hams mm-hmm. on that. It's one of the. It's one of those songs too. It's nasty, but that shit boy catchy as fuck. It's a West Coast beat. Um... Quick is so much in the P for me, sampling shit, making it his own. People don't really understand what goes into that. It's a, it's a, um, it's a party. Mm-hmm. That's what Quick too. He made some like you said, balancing options. That's the one that came after. That was some sad hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know all the shit he was going through with his label. <laughs> Mossberg got killed. Sister tripping. Was that before or after? His no, sister. this is probably the same time. Sister with his family was fucking him over. Um, <laughs> this Quick was. And a good space right here. Mm-hmm. Um, speed. When I'm on speed, I'm fine the most. Like a kid popping from coast to coast. Um, whatever you do, uh, Smokey Robinson, Heavy Info. I think Smokey's on that track, actually. Um, I was sitting in my room thinking about you. Like, I remember cruising with Gil to fucking LA, and this whole <laughs> thing's bumping, and it's fucking crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, this shit meant so much to me, man. Uh, Melody for the Pussy. Uh, was second to none. Nate Dogg, High C. The song is long as fuck, man. But it was a fucking, fucking amazing. It's classic. High C is tight. Bomba too. Mm-hmm. I was like, who? <laughs> I thought there was a different guy than Quick on there. Who the fuck is this guy? It's fucking DJ Quick on this Jamaican shit. Um, get together again with uh, second to none. AMG, High C, and Al DeBarge. Mm-hmm. Um, and reprise. I don't. I'm kind of lying over here. I didn't fuck with that one a little, but I ain't gonna yeah, lie. Yeah. But um, it's always that one. It's always that one, but this album was a great produced album. I always like him and AMG together. It was the fixers was the shit. <laughs> the fixers was. Where he's perming had that video, Kenny work. <laughs> Looking up at the camera and shit. That motherfucker. He was the flyest motherfucker in the game. But DJ Quick really proved his production value. Um, he had a great guest list on this album, and this album meant a lot because I was just man when I caught I was in high school. 
And we spoke into this shit all the time, and just it was a jam. I remember trauma came out. We were fucked up all the time after that. It was trauma was a great. That, that could have made school. the list. That's a high school memory. That was yeah. That could have made the list easily. Quick has some. The Book of David could have made the list, in my opinion. Fun fact: I went to go watch DJ Quick perform Trauma, the whole album, and uh, J Rock and Kendrick Lamar were there. This is two thousand seven. You remember what I did at the Dolph Kennedy concert? What with DJ Quick? Oh yeah, you wrote him on your BlackBerry. He was standing right there. And I gave him the phone. I said, yo, the book of David's my shit. helped me a lot going through shit. He's like, I got you, my man. But um, we didn't, it wasn't like it was now. We can't just take pictures of motherfuckers. Like, that wasn't really... It was kind of like you're being a groupie and mm-hmm. shit. You know what I'm saying? If you could just get the person to acknowledge you, like, hey, what's up? Cool. You know, Check your hand. Check your hand, that's it. We didn't need a picture to show that it happened back in the day. And Quick's a cool motherfucker, man. Like, he was in the VIP just chilling. That's why he's not Dre. Dre would never do that. No. Um, the Key Club was the shit, by the way. The Key Club was the shit yeah, in that's LA. the Key Club. Um, we went to go see him at the House of Blues, but yeah. you could tell quick his instrument, his instrumentation on his albums. You could have a live band do this shit. Oh yeah. Um, well, he's playing instruments the whole time. That's all he's doing. It's like, fucking amazing. It's amazing. He is the prince of hip hop, and man, y'all, before um, it gets too damn late, that's my top ten list. Um, just real fast. Two thousand one, Doggy Style, Machiavelli, B, Pledge Loose to the Grind Two, Life at the Death, Ready to Die, Black Album, and Rhythmalism. All those albums really have a special place in my heart, man. They really taught me a lot of game. They taught me a lot about rap. They taught me how mm-hmm. rap structure. You could talk about life, being a rapper, learning about business, learning about life. Fucking, it's history. That. It's a history lesson to me. Um. And there's people who don't understand. Like, they don't listen to any of this shit. That's sad. And they're never... And they sleep on it. They think it's just fucking... Oh, they're making ruckus. This don't mean shit. They think this motherfucker's rapping they, words they over it. Wait till they put it in the TikTok and all of a sudden they're going to play it. That sucks. And I guess the only album that I could pop, I should have put on there, but I don't think it's... It means a lot, but to, for a different way. I think with us, it means a lot. The Foundation. Mm. Ghetto Boys. Like I we could yeah, we could name every song right now off the top of our head in the exact order it's in. The ghetto boys man. Great album. I guess I, and then you know, I love the you know, the Eminem show was good too. The last mill was good too, but I'm talking about motherfucking albums that meant a lot to me. Those are the ten, y'all. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We had virus guest appearance. You talking a little bit. Can you talk a little bit more, my G? I was listening to you talk. I like to let people talk who like to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Get Rich is the the honorary mention? Get Rich was definitely an honorary mention. Okay, good. What's your favorite track of Get Rich? Heat. That's bad, dude. Yeah. I hate a mood when you listen to that shit. I listen to that when I'm in a fucked up mood and I'm ready to... When somebody makes me mad and you put that on, it's like... 50 minutes. If I can't, he, yeah. Uh, Twenty one questions in one hundred two. Patient and waiting. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, amazing. Um, not like me. What else? Poor rich Lil. Oh man, uh, that whole album's fucking amazing. That's what I was telling. It's kind of hard to put him on the list, but mm-hmm. it's different. Fifty was my guy, but it's a perfect. It's a fucking New York album all the way with some West Coast oh, yeah. mix. <laughs> what was another one I just said that on there? They had life's on the line on there. Oh man. That was a good one. That was crazy, huh? Oh, let me see your best. Let me see. What else is on there? I mean, 
It's all blurry when you're fucking thinking about it too hard. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, y'all. We're gonna just go. Let me see here. We're gonna go through this real fast. I, and I wish I, I should have brought you in the beginning, dude. My fault. What up, gangsta? Uh, many men. Man, oh my god. Man. High all the time. High all the time. Bloodhound. Bloodhound. <laughs> P-I-M-P. Bad, he would talk about back down. Back, back down, down was oh, the man. shit. Dr. Drake. Jolly little punk ass thing in that lab. <laughs> but man, people and see another album I could have put on there too was The Massacre. They the, didn't have it stem. The Massacre, nah. Because I, I, honestly, this is why I think The Massacre is a little more commercial 50. Yeah. It's way more commercial 50. It didn't really have the impact that Get Rich did. No, not at all. Um, but man, the production on that motherfucker's mm-hmm. tight, though. The Massacre's production might be better than Get Rich or Die Trying production. Um, and they included a 20% off coupon to get some G-Unit shoes. <laughs> I remember that. Hey, my guy buys up all the G-Unit shoes. every pair. Got them on layaway, but my pops made sure I had them motherfuckers. Um, I had College Dropout. Did you like College Dropout? Mm-hmm. Um, Marshall Mathers LP. Fucking crazy. It's my favorite album. Um, Safe and Sound. The Chronic. Mm-hmm. Acid mm-hmm. Rap and Carter 1 and Carter 3. Mm-hmm. Remember Carter 3 came out though? Like I was telling them when 2008 that... was Lil Wayne. Like That was it. He was the best rapper in the world. Mm-hmm. Every feature was fucking hot. That was fucking crazy times. Dude. Mr. Carter. Oh, man. I was talking about... Uh, that. So on it, however you want it, you mm-hmm. can get it tonight. Oh, Maestro was the shit. And when Jay Z did the fucking Mr. Carter verse, uh-huh. oh my god, that man, but that the year, beat build that year was fucking. There's never no one could ever do a milli. No, no one could ever not like no one could do a milli in a week like a legit sell a thousand dollars million dollars. Understand? They talk about Drake and all these new rappers, Travis Scott. And there'll never be another Wayne era like. The year of Wayne was crazy. The year of Wayne was nuts. Eminem's year was nuts. 50 had a nuts year. 50 had nuts. Snoop had a nuts. Who else? Um, let me see. Who else had a... The game did to a certain point, mm-hmm. but it wasn't as big as 50 or Eminem. Mm-hmm. Kendrick kind of did, but it wasn't... It wasn't as big. big. It'll never... like. It'll never be that big again, bro. It's like every 10 years, but get something. Maybe. Who would you say was the last one though? Lil Wayne. That was the last was big, big like that. Yeah. That'll never because no like offense, that. Cole. Cole's never came close. Nope. Drake's never came close. Nope. Um. I don't. There's no album like that ever, man. He was fucking everywhere. Every features like a motherfucker. Yeah, the, the rap has errors. Stop the asking and shit. You want me to do, turn down, turn this shit down? I'm trying to get it my whole life. Hey, let me tell you guys something too, man. Yeah, motherfuckers <sighs> don't work their whole life for this no more. Mm-hmm. The game's saturated now, and that's why I said there's not gonna be no mumble rap in my top ten. There's nothing in the last ten years. These albums were fucking the top, the tip top of the iceberg. When these albums dropped, there hasn't been like a good fucking album, classic album in years. Maybe good, good, good kid, Mad City, if that. If there's some tracks on you hate on there, there's some tracks I don't like on there. I'm saying there hasn't been a classic album. Everybody's always oh, a classic. They throw that word. Ugh. That and being a real one is fucking thrown around so much now. You can't. 
There hasn't been a classic <laughs> album. Hey, man, speaking of the real one, man, let's give a big shout out to our cousin Andrew. We're not oh, gonna say, man. We're not going to say his last name on what he did, but, man, God I... damn it. Hey, cuz, I I don't know if you ever hear this, my guy, but I love you, bro, and I hope you keep your head strong, my G. I know you're going to stay solid. Of course. And, yeah. But, yeah. Free dude. sicko. Free sicko. We <laughs> could say that, at least. Free sicko. God damn it. But, man, the game dude is so saturated. Anybody could get a laptop. We could make a song right now, Virus, if we really wanted to. Put this fucking microphone up. There's no more grind to it. There's no more killer mics in the world that'd be like, yo, you gotta, this is what we pay to do. Like, what do you say David Spade told fucking Chris Farley? I worked my whole ass, my whole, I worked my whole life for this. So don't fuck this up. Mm-hmm. There's no more outcasts in the world. There's nothing like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. People are getting more money in music than they've ever been before. It's all, it's all the same. It's all bullshit. I can't, like on the radio, I can't listen to the radio. They play it at work. I get so fucking mad. It's different. It's, it's horrible. It it's all the same. It's horrible. And they play the same songs over and over and over and over and over. I think we're, honestly, bro. That's why I'm venturing out to other shit. I love Billie Eilish like a motherfucker. Yep. Talk about classic, that bitch. It's amazing. That's why it's really important that. We remember the times we came up in because we were blessed with some good ass rap. Man, don't tell them this is old. We listen to old shit. Fuck you. That 2002 to 2010, we had so much rap. Even mm-hmm. the shit in the past, we were still coming up on the Biggies and the Jay Z's, the Reasonable Doubts. We were fucking bumping. Man, I remember bumping. Um, damn, what's an album like? Obi tries the second rounds on me. Oh, it's fucking. Amazing. It's better than Cheers, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's a great fucking album. And there's people who never heard it ever like. in their lives. Obi Trice was a fucking beast, bro. We was. Mm-hmm. It don't get focused on Shady or not. Mm-hmm. What's another? Oh, you know what? Another one that means a lot to me that I probably wouldn't put on there, but uh, back by popular demand, Black Milk. Mm-hmm. That was my introduction to Detroit rap, like a motherfucker, like underground, guilty Simpson. Yep. Fucking crazy ass fucking Detroit shit. Fat cat. I didn't know anything Fat about cat. Detroit rap. The fucking um oh, fuck what are they called, dude? Not the people on the stairs. Um they were fuck. I hate man, don't be so mad for them fucking say their days. I know. I'm saying quiet because I wanna fuck it up. Um Village. Village. Damn it. What the hell is the rappers? That dilated people. Uh. Fuck is Village, uh, damn it, what's the rap group? That was on there though. Slum Village. Slum Village. Oh my god, I almost got my ass kicked there. Um, and now, and still, I'm not ashamed to say, I'm still learning more about shit. Even Outkast's first couple albums are fucking ridiculous. Speaking of first shit, I heard a lot of this in the camera on, and then it was, uh, Trillin' of the Corn. Yeah, Mace, Big, Big Al. Al, oh my Big God, Big Al's another one we could put on there too. He's on my top ten. Lifestyles sure. of the Poor and Dangerous. That oh was one of the first God. albums I ever bought in my life. Fucking amazing. Hip hop's an amazing thing, y'all. That's why I said in the beginning when it's done right. Hip hop really impacted me. I'm sure my brother could say the same thing. The way we think, the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we see the world, mm. the way we uh, we learned a lot of shit through hip hop. It spoke to us. And shit, and this guy loves Tech Nine. He could fucking tell you fucking five Tech Nine albums that are probably better than the shit you're listening to now. Um, so it's crazy. We're still learning, man. I'm hip hop's so fucking crazy nowadays, man. I'm not dissing y'all. I'm happy you guys got your masters and shit, but it's sad too, man, that the guys we're listening to none of these guys own their masters. They're not making money off their shit. It's sad. We're streaming mm-hmm. it now. We're not getting paid a dollar off this shit. But hey. 
one thing we're not getting paid dollars for is to stay a little minute on this podcast. <laughs> I'm My definitely not getting paid. And, um, <laughs> it's cool to be here again. Shout out to Virus. Yeah, fucking music. Goddamn. Music's a motherfucker, man. We love music here. We love y'all checking us out. Make sure you guys follow us on the STS Podcast 661. Follow us on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you can find your podcast. The STS, Shooting the Shit Podcast, will be on there. This is going to be episode 57. It's going to be titled Top 10. Got a guest appearance by my guy Virus. Anything you want to say? Go vote. Don't forget to vote. I mean... But I don't care who you vote for. Just go get a fucking sticker and post it on Instagram. That's all it's worth for now. 16 days away. 16 days. Oh, man. Can't wait for this to be over, man. 16 days away. If you don't vote, I don't want to hear you bitching. Everybody says your vote doesn't count. Fuck you. Go vote. Go vote, y'all. It takes five minutes. If you that, it doesn't matter if you want. If you got a, let me tell you a secret. If you got a mail-in ballot, take it to the um, I guess what? Well, how do you say it? Take it to the voter poll that you have down the street or down wherever the hell you're going at. Trade it in, and you'll make sure that that um that your I guess voter registration um ballot is counted there. You don't want the ballot where they're gonna um. You don't bring your mail in, and they have to have you sign what we always do every year mm-hmm. because those don't get counted to the end of the night once they verify you didn't vote in the mail because you didn't have your provisional. So make sure you fucking bring your mail-in ballot to the physical polls, trade it in, get a real fucking ballot, and see them drop it in the box. That's all I ask y'all to do. Don't ask for much. So make sure you follow us. Scary times. And it's scary times, y'all. Can't wait for this to be over. And I'm sure we'll have a pre-election podcast for y'all. It's early to see the Gap Tooth Genius. Virus, see, loco. And we out, y'all. Yeah.